0: podcast starts hello everyone if this is your first time listening to the show Welcome, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us. This podcast talks about horror, horror in film, TV, other media, other items which we think of as adjacent to horror, and sometimes other things from our lives which we'd like to talk about just because that's who we are. Our discussions aim to be fun, intelligent, and hopefully useful if your interest in horror texts comes from a creative or academic perspective. But be warned, we do tend to swear occasionally, and if it's anything less offensive than the C word, it won't get bleeped. So if you are still going into your workplace, we're probably not safe for it. In this episode, we're returning to our recurring theme of reviews of the Halloween films, the films of the Halloween franchise. This week, we're talking about the 2007 remake of Halloween by Rob Zombie. And I'm going to be joined by our lovely co-host, who's never actually here live. And I'm always talking about him in the third person, Howard Whittock, to discuss that. Along with our regular Halloween review mockers, Spider-Dan from the Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars podcast. And also actor Luke Richards, who is himself a michael myers follow him on twitter to find out more about that but right now i am lucky enough to be joined in person by
1: stella freezing in manchester oh
0: dear <laughs> oh yeah and i didn't tell you who i am
1: <laughs> yeah, who are you i'm td
0: velasquez <laughs> and i'm also in a part of manchester a different part of manchester but you can call me dan it is snowing here as we record it's been snowing more or less all day
1: i think in oldham it's well, not snowing here i woke up this morning to about one and a half millimeters of snow all right. um, which was pointless but it's just so cold but today it's done a fun thing and we've not talked about the weather for a while i feel <laughs> I but i think this is worthy of mentioning And we are so british you my... know
0: stella so we should do we that are british.
1: but in my home office i suppose that my desk is up against the window and and um, today there was a clear blue sky it was sunny but it was still snowing and i didn't understand what was going on <laughs> and i was mildly concerned about whether or not this was all right you thought- but it was really weird the snow was must have just been blowing in i suppose but it was it was bright sunshine i had to close a curtain the sky was beautifully blue and the snow was falling at the same time. Wow,
0: you you thought
1: explain that you thought
0: the seasons were were mixing together in some weird temporal collapse,
1: or I don't know. That what was going
0: while on. you were asleep, somebody had moved your house to Norway or somewhere.
1: Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just we've not got all the big snow bank that's come across from the east. It's just it's just freezing. Freezing, freezing,
0: freezing. Oh, dear. Um, I've not been outside, I have to say. Um, I've not even brought the milk in from two days ago. I need to do that. Well,
1: it'll be, you'll have a milk pop waiting for you. Well, outside. that's
0: the thing. I know that it'll be fine. It's not going to go off, not in these temperatures.
1: That's oh, so, true. Organically refrigerated. <laughs> yes.
0: So, uh, <laughs> Splendid. Um, so we tend to talk mm-hmm. about a bit of news at the start of the podcast. I don't have so much news this week except that i was rooting around in my attic uh, last week and came across a book which i didn't even know existed let alone know that i owned um it oh, is creepy shirley jackson's <laughs> novel we always we have always lived in the castle which right now i think is my favorite title um and that's <laughs> a good one i haven't read all of it yet but i did open it i just thought You know, Shirley Jackson has a bit of a way with opening paragraphs. I haven't actually Mm. read any of her other books, but, you know, we we, we all know that The Legend of Hill House... Oh, God. I've not even got the title right. The Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. And the whole nothing can exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality and all that stuff. So I just thought, well, what's the first paragraph of this book going to be like then? So I'd just like to read it to you.
1: Oh, go on. Gather round, children. If you're sitting
0: comfortably, Stella.
1: I am. Yeah, I've got a duvet (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.
0: So here we go. Chapter one. Please, a state of Shirley Jackson, don't sue me. I'm only going to read one paragraph. All right. It's it's fair use. (laughs) My name is Mary Catherine Blackwood. I am 18 years old and I live with my sister Constance. I have often thought that with any luck at all I could have been born a werewolf because the two middle fingers on both my hands are the same length. But I, have to, ha, but I have had to be content with what I had. I dislike washing myself and dogs and noise. I like my sister Constance and Richard Plantagenet and Aminata Falloides, the death cup mushroom. Everyone else in my family is dead. I think that was great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, I'm reading more.
1: Whilst well, checking my fingers. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine.
0: Yeah, index fingers, all good. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, that but, sounds nice. I've got a little add-on story that I can put add-on to that, which reminded me of many, many years ago, and I won't name names to protect the innocent. Um, we were uh, 18, 19, and uh, a friend of ours took... We'd had some uh, magic mushrooms and he went to the toilet and he was gone a while. So I thought um, it w- another friend went to go and check on him. He knocked on the door. Are you all right? You're coming out. You know, the party's still going on. You're coming out. And he wouldn't come out because he'd been staring at his hands and he was thought he was turning into a werewolf. <laughs> 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 and so he pulled out of the toilet and said, mate, you are categorically not turning into a werewolf. You're not that hairy anyway. Come and have
0: a beer. Sit down. <laughs> oh, bless him.
1: <laughs> so if he's listening, you know who you are.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yes. And it, so it, he'll anyway, now be celebrating that paragraph was lovely. 22 years of not turning into a <laughs> werewolf. You know that?
1: Yeah, he's still not. He's still he's good. On,
0: <laughs> he, he's on the wagon. Excellent. So, <laughs> but
1: That was a lovely paragraph, though. Yeah,
0: it's great, isn't it? So, what
1: an out
0: um, there. I have absolutely no memory of how we acquired this book, but I must have just found it in a shop and then forgot, but anyway, yeah. I found it in a box of other books, so, and I'm really- Are going to read it now? I certainly am, I certainly am. I think I might, Ooh. yeah, could do the bit of bedtime reading, so it's not very long. Um, and it would have been my recommendation for this month I think except that it's not really fair to recommend people read a book they might not have any access to because I I don't know if it's on kindle or anything like that um yeah but you know it 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 is rather good so far and the the copy I've got has got got a lovely cover as well Um, Mm. so
1: and it's nice to know that we still read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it just it
0: feels nice and, and comforting and traditional to, to just go back to reading stuff reading? off a page.
1: At the moment I'm reading as my bedtime reading, I'm reading uh, The Indifferent Stars Above by an author whose name escapes me. That's also a great um, title. Yeah. But it's a true story about um people who were on the wagon trains going from um so the east, east of America to the west, making their way to California, and the trials and tribulations of a particular wagon train. And it's uh, quite a long story. Short, they get lost, and um, uh, cannibalism ensues. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I, uh,
0: but it's, yeah, it's a good read. You included a detail from that in a in, in a thread when we were all messaging each other a while back. I yeah, can't remember yeah. what the what's the name of the famous incident.
1: Uh, it's, it's the Donner party right yeah oh, yeah right oh dear that's a good one. I keep reading a bit and then putting it down and going this <laughs> it's, it's a bit much because it's all, all true and they end up lost in the mountains and because their clothes are perpetually wet so their clothes are rotting off them and Ooh. they have to eat their shoes because they're made out of leather and yeah it's pretty Ugh. pretty dark and the majority of them don't make it but it's an incredible story and yeah it's wow. it's all all true.
0: Right. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I have to say that one of the most chilling um, things I remember reading when I was a teenager was not at all ho- a horror story or anything, but it was the first few chapters of Jack London's White Fang, when it's all just about two mm. two guys trying to get through the wilderness. Um, you know, the two guys. I think they're carting a, a sled with a corpse on it one, of, the, one no. of their party has died and they're trying to get him home to be buried and it's freezing and snowing and they're being tracked by wolves ah. and, it, and it's just like this the tension of hoping yeah. that the fire will be big enough to scare the wolves away for, for the next night and things like that
1: god oh it's harrowing isn't yeah. it wow well, yeah. gosh
0: the wilderness <sighs> we we honestly don't know we're born
1: I know mm. she says pull in a duvet, switch <laughs> <It's>, in here, just stay nice and warm in my house. <laughs> oh, dear. So
0: um, in a second, we'll we'll um, we'll go to the main event of this episode, which is uh, the Halloween 2007 review. Um, just out of interest, Ella, you know you're you're the champion of remakes. Have you seen that?
1: I have. Yeah, I made uh, Owen go to the cinema and watch it with me. All oh, right, <laughs> um, and to... he was not impressed. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. I think I liked it because I don't I mean, obviously it's seen the original Halloween and um, and I liked the remake because I enjoyed all the extra bits of backstory that it put in because you see some of his time in the institution, do not you? Yeah, he? yeah. In the mental institution. So I liked all the all the extra bits. So yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, I I do think that, well, I, I don't wanna speak for myself in the review because we recorded it more than two years ago and I can't remember re- everything I said. But um I, I do think that the kind of flashback stuff is probably the strongest stuff in the movie. Basically everything yeah. that happens before the start of the film, the original film, everything that happens yeah. kind of as a prelude to that. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean like zombies new material, I suppose, is, is the good bit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then, and
0: then at the end they just rush in a very quick remake <laughs> of the original film for the last sort of half mm. an hour, which is... Um, anyway, the listener can hear what no. I said two years ago. By the way, listeners... I remember
1: it being quite long as well, was it? It is. It? quite a long movie. By the standards for of that horror. kind of
0: movie, yeah. But, it yeah. But yeah, so they spend like a very long time on the whole build-up, on all the new material. Mm. It's like at least an hour and a quarter, I think. And yeah. then uh, the last 45 minutes or so is a speeded-up version of Speed the Speed-up slasher. It. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's very odd structure, but um, mm. uh, Donald Pleasance would be gutted up in heaven because the structure does mean that you see a lot more of Dr Loomis and um, Malcolm mm. McDowell gets to uh, eat the screen and is not asked to do Donald Pleasance's weird idea of what an American accent is. <laughs> Fire a warning shot, right? Um, uh, but, it's
1: like he's in the room. <laughs> Well, you know,
0: um, I'm occasionally possessed by the vengeful spirit of Donald Pleasance. Um, by the way, listeners, yeah, we recorded this um, this uh, conversation a couple of years ago. None of us had seen the 2018 Halloween film at that point. We were leading up to it. I think it was probably about two weeks away from being released because i remember that the pub that we recorded the conversation in was decked out in halloween seasonal uh, stuff yeah so it's oh f-
1: that sounds so nice now <laughs> i know i did
0: find myself as i was listening back to it um which i've not finished doing yet as we speak obviously when the listener <laughs> hears it will be edited unless something mm. has gone terribly wrong um but i was thinking you know what's happened to that pub uh, you know, after mm. after the last year. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Following the big Halloween segment, there'll be a shorter segment, again with Hall- Howard, uh, recorded on the phone more recently, a couple of weeks ago, where we talk about a random movie, which I can't reveal now, because we didn't know it until it came out of The Bag of Death. Bag of Death, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but put Stella and <laughs> I can comment on that after you've heard it listeners so uh, without further ado um, let's move over to Halloween 2007 thank you very much Stella I'll, see, in a I'll bit. see you at the end bye tonight's
2: brutal murders was described by police as Manson-like in its viciousness three people brutally murdered and a ten year old boy being held in custody for 15 years. This summer, Rob Zombie unleashes a unique vision of a legendary tale.
3: Listen, be careful in the night. A lot of nutcases come out on Halloween. Is the Boogeyman real? Why are you so obsessed with the Boogeyman, Tommy?
2: Halloween night? The Boogeyman attacks kids who don't believe Oh no, Tommy! Boogeyman's gonna get
4: me! I'm gonna cut that mask right off your face. He's come back for his baby sister. To do what?
0: Welcome you back to the Unicorn Pub in Manchester and warn you that it's a bit lively here, so there may be a little bit of noise coming through on the mic. I hope that doesn't dent your enjoyment. Please welcome my co host Howard. Hello, everyone. And we are joined by our marvellous guests, Dan. Hello.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the wonderful Luke. Hello. Now, then, today is our ninth episode in this podcast series. Wow, wow, and we've come so far. Indeed, and, and uh, yes, and this is a milestone in fact. We've now covered all eight of the original series Halloween films, and now it is time for the 2007 remake of Halloween. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Before... <laughs> Before we start discussing the film, however, I'd just like us to hear these interview clips. The first is with Rob Zombie and the second with John Carpenter.
1: But as the horror genre entered the 21st century, a wildly successful remake boom was reimagining nearly every horror film of the 1970s. The Halloween franchise was not immune. Taking up the challenge was the critically acclaimed director Rob Zombie. If-
5: only Halloween had ever existed, the single film, it would seem kind of insane, but the way I looked at it was, there was the one classic film, and with each sequel, I felt like they ruined it more and more and more until it felt so far away from what I ever loved about it.
1: After eight films spanning four decades, Zombies Challenge in 2007 was to find a new place to take the franchise. His destination, inside the mind of the previously unknowable
5: Michael Myers. Why don't we just make the whole movie about him? The whole movie, he's our lead character, you know, he's not a secondary character. That was really the approach I took.
1: Zombie's interpretation of the Michael Myers legend received a cool response from critics.
2: As a movie on its own, it might have worked.
5: uh, When you're calling it
2: Halloween, when you have a character named Michael Myers who's wearing that mask, it's a missed opportunity
1: zombie himself encountered a somewhat chilly reaction from carpenter
5: you know i call them up and the conversation pretty much went exactly like this i was like hey john it's rob hey just want to tell you i'm doing a remake of halloween and then there's like a weird silence goes so what do you want me to say you know, i don't want you to say anything i just want to tell you it was okay uh, have fun with it okay
1: and my question is how do you feel about the horror film remake trend in hollywood that's going on right now and also about your uh, halloween movie that rob Zombie remade
4: <laughs> do you like it oh god <laughs> uh, those are great questions first of all remakes in general are popular now because of the amount of money a company has to spend advertising to get people in the theaters. And one way to cut through the clutter of advertising that's out there is to come with a title a re- in recent memory that they've heard of. So for instance, all the horror remakes, maybe maybe the, the, the thinking is maybe you saw it with your brother when you were young on, on uh, home video, or you've seen it on television, and we're gonna update it. So it has a built-in awareness, which is the, the number that they're trying to reach to get the audience the customer out there aware that your movie is, is in the theaters. And that's, it tends to be why they remake horror. Horror has, I'll say a word about horror. Horror has been with cinema since the very beginning. It grew up part and parcel with the image with cinema. And it will always be with us It's one of the most popular genres of all time. And it, it's a all, it's an all purpose genre because it keeps changing every culture, Every few years, it, it morphs, it changes into something else. It brings the sensibilities of the age in which it's made, which is that's what's so fabulous. If you look at Frankenstein or Dracula or The Bride of Frankenstein, the, the Karloff films that are made at this studio. They're very much of the 30s and the Depression. They're Depression-era movies. They're speaking to those audiences. But if you look at modern horror films, they're speaking to you guys and they bring the sensibility that you've become used to seeing and you demand seeing in film. And, uh, God, Alzheimer's has hit me. Well, you asked me about uh, Rob Zombie's? Yeah. Be... <laughs> well, I would say nice things about him, but you know, we did this, uh, I thought it was, it was gonna be a real cool deal for the, the History Channel, Biography Channel, whatever that is, they were gonna do about Halloween. I thought, ooh, that's pretty cool. Until I noticed that they did one on Caddyshack. And I thought, wow, well, what is this? Anyway, they interviewed him on that, on that biography and channel and he lied about me. He said I was very cold to him when he told me I was going to, and that he was going to make it. Nothing could be further from the truth. I said, make it your own movie, man. You know, this is yours now. Don't worry about me. I was incredibly supportive. Why that piece of shit lied, I don't know. <laughs> He had no reason to. Why did he do it? So, frankly, uh, that will color my response to the film. Uh, if I take that away, I, I did not... I, I thought that he took away the mystique of the of the story by explaining too much about the guy. I don't care about that. He's supposed to be a force of nature. He's supposed to be almost supernatural. Knowing about that I was... and he was too big. It yeah. wasn't, wasn't normal. <laughs>
0: So that was uh, Rob Zombie talking first and then uh, John Carpenter. Wasn't that interesting?
6: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very very back and forth. I know whose side I was on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no spoilers. We'll we'll discover that as we go along. So we've explored
0: the entire run of the original Halloween series as produced by Mustafa Akkad. Um, In the mid-2000s, there came a boom of uh, horror movie remakes, remakes of classic 70s movies. I think... Before Halloween, there were. I think the first one, which probably sparked this off, was the, the Texas Chainsaw. I think so. It yeah. was the Texas
3: Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. That was the that was the first like big box office re- horror remake, of two thousand three. Um, so then that was going to be the Wildfire that started bringing more remakes, and then it went down the line. We had Friday the Thirteenth. Then we had the um, Wicker Man. Wicker Man. Well, the I mean, street. Oh I, I do remember
0: yeah. getting a kind of sinking feeling that all the movies that I loved were going to be remade and in 2006 I went to see The Wicker Man and I have to say I have rarely had such a good laugh at a cinema film <laughs> How'd
7: it burn? How'd it burn? <laughs> How'd, it How'd it burn? burn?
0: Um, yeah, oh dear oh, not but the I kind of knew I thought I was just going yeah, don't remake Halloween don't remake Halloween and then they announced <laughs> Halloween um, So and one of the first things that we always ask on this podcast is how do you, did you first encounter this movie um, I will say that because Halloween was such so dear to me and because I've been burned so, no pun intended how did you by, get burned by, uh, by the Wicker Man remake and, and other things I basically decided to pretend it wasn't happening and I just ignored it I mean I, and I was aware that the movie's actually produced like
8: Mr. Carpenter hmm.
0: well yes uh, yeah um, yeah and I think as we said last episode Mustafa O'Card who, who bankrolled all, all the previous movies in the franchise had, had now died but his son Malik did produce the remake and I remember being aware of that and finding it quite sad that in a way it was it was still within the same family but they were actually going to trample over their own legacy mm-hmm. regardless of whether, what the film was like I just thought I just don't want to know so, so I, I ignored it um, a couple of years later I did go to see Halloween 2 not having seen the remake of Halloween, because um, because I found the idea of remaking Halloween two, the original Halloween two, which was um, a flawed movie, I thought that could be interesting, but I didn't want to see someone rewriting Halloween, so I so I avoided it. Um, it's it's a it's a divisive movie. This uh, I have watched it for this podcast. Uh, I would like to add, I have seen it now. Um, and obviously we're going to all talk about it. We'll all have various feelings of it. But So what I would like to do is is for us each to talk about how we, we encountered it and how we found it. And I think maybe, because I know that it's very controversial and it's very very much compared to the original, unfavourably in general. Um, let's try and talk about it as a film in its own right before we talk about it in comparison with the original um, and I think maybe a good person to start this discussion is uh, Luke. Um, Luke, you—I um, think you told us that you saw you saw the remake of Halloween before you saw the original. Yeah, I did, and, and, um, and, and you quite liked it. So, um,
3: yeah. So this was the remake came out in two thousand and seven, and I was in secondary school, and this was during my emo period um, <laughs> right. so as you may know it was like the dark music and it was like that kind of my chemical romance and with that as well um, I'm, I'm still a big fan of films and one filmmaker's name that I always kept seeing um, was Rob Zombie okay. and when you look at Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, um, obviously he's a singer, he's a vocalist, um, he was the lead singer of White Zomb- a band called White Zombie yeah. before he became Rob Zombie, solo work, and I do like his music.
0: We should say that I think his real name is Robert Cummings, isn't it? Yeah, so it's... Rob not, Zombie's obviously his stage his name. His stage
3: name, but he's known around the world as Rob Zombie. and. As you may know, Phil makes me know him because he did um, House of the Thousand Corpses, um, which I wasn't particularly fond of. Um, but the first film I saw of his was The Devil's Rejects.
0: Yes, I saw, that was also the first one I saw, I, and we should just probably fill in the background. I think he came to directing movies off the back of doing music videos for his band, is that Yeah, right? he
3: did a lot of videos for his band, um, and also his solo work. And through that knowledge, he, he did House of the Thousand Corpses first, which came out in 2003. And it was a throwback to that 70s grindhouse horror, where you know it's, it's taking innocent people in this weird, obscure B horror style film. You know, quite trashy, but it's got a flair to it. And you know, House of 1000 Corpse, it was critically panned, but it gained a very strong cult following with the characters.
0: It's quite popular in a way, and mm. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm aware that. It was made in about 2001, I think, but not released for a couple of years because Mm. studios didn't know what to do with it because it was so much harsher than the kind of very slick 90s horror that we've discussed in previous episodes with the Scream-type films and all all that. This was very much a throwback to that grindhouse kind of thing, and, and they didn't really know how to market it, so Zombie had to... Uh, eventually, release it himself. I think with his own money.
3: Yeah, and yeah, and it gained a very strong cult following, obviously from his fans. And with that, he brought uh, the Devil's Rejects, uh, which was a sequel. Um, and that was very advertised. I remember it came out in 2005. I remember it being advertised um, like this is the most. You know, exploitive film. You're not supposed to see this, and you know when it finally came onto television. You know, it it was it was gory. It, oh no, it, it was old.
0: it was big news at the time, and I saw it quite soon after it came out on DVD. And and to be honest, was pretty repulsed by it. Mm. But um, you know, I know that it certainly got its distinctiveness, and I know plenty of people are fans of it. What um, my friend Finbar, who might listen to this Finn, um, who's one of the gentlest guys I, I've ever met? I think it's his favorite film, or was his favorite <laughs> film for a while, and he showed it to me. So, um, so you know, I'm, uh, so I'm not a fan of it, but I was aware of mm-hmm. uh, of Zombie's um, filmmaking work from that at the time.
3: Yeah. So when um, so when they announced they were going to make um, a remake of Halloween um, and they released the poster as well you know Evil Has a Destiny mm-hmm. you a poster. it's got that image of the figure the shape of Michael Myers with the knife and the long hair and you know he's got the mask in one hand and the knife and, and the way the
0: poster is designed his body kind of forms the nose the nose clothes. Of the pumpkin head, I think, doesn't it? You know, it's like it's yeah. A so it's like a behind. collage
3: of the mask with all the victims. And oh right, I've
0: not, I've not noticed it in that much detail.
3: In, yeah, so you, if you look closely, the mask is on there, and it's got the house, and it's got the origin, and, and it was that poster that that caught me because it was a striking poster, and you it know, is, yeah. It, it got it got you tangled in, and then there was a trailer. And it had all the beats that I I was I was I would say uh, being I was aware of Carpenter's original film, but I hadn't seen it um, or known about its massive appeal. I just knew that it was an iconic horror film, but I hadn't seen it. Um, so I saw Rob Zombie's film um, when it came out on DVD, the unrated version, um, which I wasn't supposed to watch, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah it was it does have all of the Rob Zombieism so you know it's got rednecks it's got the occult it's got darkness it's moody it's bloody and you know the proper gru- as I said in May the Podcast before that grungy mm. feel and something
0: else it has his love of Kind of actors associated with seventies exploitation. Yeah, with or Sam Haig. It, yeah, I mean like that go Even *House of a Thousand Corpses* had like um, Karen Black in it. Yeah. And people like that, and this movie has. Oh, Brad,
6: Brad Dourif. Dourif, yeah. Dourif. Dourif.
0: Um, yes, Malcolm McDowell. Um, it has Sybil Danning, which I was quite impressed by. Danielle <laughs> Harris, isn't it? Danielle Harris, is yeah. In it. Um, I'm just I'm just going to note for the listeners' benefit how it looks like he's dying inside. We've barely begun. Yeah, I'm, just, yeah.
3: I'm I'm just going to say good things before I <laughs> no, get no it please, please, no please no,
0: <laughs> no, no please do and and, and again you know um, I think it's important to to stay on the narrative of mm. what's this movie like on its own merits you know uh,
3: yeah the film it does have interesting ideas and you know like Rob Zombie said he wanted to tell his story even though. We hear contradicting things about you know Carpenter wasn't nice to him said yeah. whatever and then Carpenter said oh he he basically lied I told him just make your own film and that's what I remember reading in Empire when they showed the images of Michael Myers you know the scarred mask to be like oh this is going to be brilliant you know it's a it's a true horror fan making a true reimagining of a horror film
0: and I think that's got to be said you know you can't fault zombie for being a horror fan he obviously is mm-hmm. I mean he named his band after a 1932 Bela Lugosi movie mm-hmm. you know uh, it's it's something that goes deep with him mm-hmm. so on that level although he seems to be strangely saying lies about John Carpenter, he he comes across as quite a sincere guy
3: yeah um, yeah, because um, in interviews, Rob Zombie comes off as like quite a charming man in sense, like a dark, macabre hobo who has. A- <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's like that. It's like something wicked this way comes. He's like he's leading this circus parade because he used to be um, used to hang out with circus folk as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, the appeal is like. I'm glad that he made it his own way, even though it has all the zombieisms. And you know, he he wanted to tell his own story. He was taking a material that's you know beloved, and you know he he does what he does. Basically, he 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 gave a shot, he gave a go, and at first you know I thought, oh, it's just cool. Oh, it's gritty, it's violent. And then later on, um, as my taste in films start to develop more and I understand like the knowledge and history of new films, and I did dis- finally discover um, the masterpiece that is John Carpenter's Halloween, and I'm just saying that for Howard Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he just looks like he's dying. Time. No, 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 he no, just, no. It looks like it's I say... The positive of Rob
8: Zombie is like, oh, God. Um, Basically, it's his okay. <laughs> Howard's just saying, I am going like to, that to that gonna it, say something nice about Rob Zombie. When he, but he doesn't wear his glasses,
0: he does have the blackest eyes, <laughs> <and> the <laughs> darkest eyes, <laughs> the devil's eyes. But, um, before you go on, though, Luke, I think, bearing in mind, unlike some other movies in this series, I think possibly there might be people listening to this podcast who haven't actually seen this movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to kind of. Clarify that it's basically the, the same story as the original. Yeah, it, yes. it is
3: a shot-for-shot shot remake. Well, um, I mean,
0: I would say not shot-for-shot, shot. no, but no. specific. They both start um, quote fifteen years ago in, yeah. in the in, in the original. That means nineteen sixty-three. Now in this version, I think it's sometime in the seventies, and the main action of the movie takes place in the nineties. Yeah. Maybe it's, not it's very specific.
3: roughly eighties. It. I think it's. I would say it's more mid to late. 80s, early 90s, because um, okay. that's how they explain the age of Laurie Strode. A few years later, I would assume she's yeah. supposed to be a teenager. She's 15, in high school. She's fifteen. So she must be fifteen.
0: Yeah, yeah so I think seventeen. They say. I Is think it? they say seventeen. Yeah, 17. But The sheriff says seventeen years ago. I I was. Right, him. I see. Um, yeah. but well, basically, it, it's the same sort of the same structure. you start off with a sequence where Michael Myers as a young boy commits mm. murder. Mm. Whereas in the original it's it's a very quick scene and, it, and he kills one person. Yeah. In in the remake it's a few scenes and he actually kills most of his family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then a bully. Do, <coughs> sorry? And a and bully. And, the and, yeah. um, and then in, in, whereas in the original you cut straight from there pretty much to 15 years later and he's yeah. been incarcerated all that time. In the remake you get a few sequences during his incarceration you get, yeah
3: you roughly get roughly an hour of backstory of yeah. who Michael Myers was and his background and you
0: see Dr. Loomis kind of trying to relate to him yeah
3: like he comes in like rock star Loomis as well because not only is it Malcolm McDowell mm. who I thought was was the only casting you could have to do a remake and he does bring his own flair and he does bring that connection between Michael and Dr. Loomis like mm. in one scene where the together is like you know I've no, oh, I've been talking to you for the last fifteen years, I consider you my friend. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he exploits him with
8: his book sales. Um, yes. I actually <laughs> like, like I, I, I I think this is a lot more of a, a sensitive Loomis. I really yeah. I really like the depiction. And he actually is an actual decent psychologist <laughs> or a psychiatrist. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, to well in, in what I would agree what one should be and how they should treat their patient how they should act
0: I mean he doesn't just well let's get into it later yeah, on but, mm-hmm. but um, so yeah so you, you've got those sequences but then when, when it finally does skip to the quote 15 years later point and mm-hmm. Michael escapes you actually see him escape mm-hmm. um, and then he goes to Haddonfield in the early 90s whenever it is and you basically get the original film with the three girls being stalked mm. by him and Loom is kind of trying to chase him, but mm-hmm. it's all telescoped down a bit, but not much. No. This is no. this is like a, quite a long film that includes like forty-five minutes of prologue, and yeah. then the whole original movie. Almost. Yeah, it's
3: about two hours long. The yeah, the I think in film. total, yeah, in total, yeah.
0: Um, so that's uh, so that's what we've got. Hmm. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I interrupted you there, Loom. No, but I just okay. thought it was kind of important to kind of outline because. Although both movies could be summed up by that simple one-line description, the mad killer escapes from the asylum, whatever, Mm -hmm. I think it is important to kind of outline the different tacks that the remake takes and the ways in which it is very different but also Mm -hmm. very much the same. It's quite a strange mix, really.
3: Well, The thing I find that I do love about Rob Zombie's filmmaking is he... He has very. he's very artistic, he's very creative. If you see his later works after Halloween 1, 2, like, um, Salem's Lot, and... Um, Lords, first, Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem, yeah, sorry. And, um so First I'm in
6: Salem's Lot as well, I see.
3: <laughs> and, um, Somebody else read that, don't worry. <laughs> and probably um, Garrus. <laughs> and 31, he does have a certain flair, he does have a certain style, and, you know, it's interesting ideas. But with Zombie, it... I think, like I think, it's style over substance, and you know, he does go a bit too far. Or and as a, as we go do, do go further into this film, character development is very very questionable. It's mm. either the very they're this character or this character. So they're either a redneck or a sex addict, mm. or or this like very greyish area in the middle.
0: There's not a lot of nuance and. Like you said a minute ago, you know, Dr. Loomis is, for instance, quite a compassionate character, Mm. but he Mm. also is an exploiter who writes books about... His friend. Yes. are the eyes of evil. And the movie doesn't really resolve those two things. No. It just lets them run in tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your kind of general impression of it or things that you appreciate about it?
3: Um, I just... Uh, um, I think so I can. I can appreciate um, what Zombie was trying to do and what he, what he did bring and the ideas that he did present. And I do love the... Um, the relationship between Michael and Loomis, like we do, get a backstory. We, you know, we see the connection. You know, why is Loomis so mm. interested in Michael? And you know, you and the poet says, you know, I can see you, my friend. Um, and I do like the, you know, we do is, and then after that, it goes into reboot mode with Halloween. You know, shot for shot, um, with more grunge. Um, yeah more grunge. slap nice. on the grunge slap on the grunge um, and you get the very questionable characters all going doop 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 um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh I, 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 yeah. I they say more aggressive things than dip do, dip doo. Do, do. we'll talk yeah, about that later no, anyway. yeah um,
0: yeah I mean um, just before we go to you Dan because <laughs> I know that you, you're, you're all ready to go with, I'm, re- I'm with always your ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will just, just I'll, right I'll in and say that um you know I've just watched this film for the first time um uh, I would say that I quite enjoyed it, sort of. I watched it in bits. I didn't watch it all at once. And the the parts that I enjoyed more were the earlier parts. I think once it goes into the second half, it, it, when it becomes a, a kind of weird, straight remake of the original, mm. p- with lots of details oddly changed, but pretty much... You know, it's, it's kind of... It's almost... It's a bit disappointing then. I mean, I'm not saying that the earlier part of the film didn't have problems... But I was interested in it and I, and I kind of wondered where it was going. Whereas once you hit the, the second half, it's so clearly the same film as the original that you know where it's going roughly mm-hmm. and the kind of the, the life drained out of it for me. Um, and, I, and again, in the first half, I could kind of see what... You know, I could see what was trying to be done in terms of creating a film about... This young boy who who descends to madness and becomes this monstrous, uh, insane individual. I don't think it necessarily achieves that mm. uh, or, or succeeds in, in telling that story, but you can see that that's what it's going for, and that's something that the original did not even try to do. So I would, you know, I'll, I'll give it credit for that. Um, yeah, uh, we'll get more into it. Um, Dan, what do you want to say, then about this movie on its own merits, on its as own opposed to as a remake?
8: I very much agree with you, Dan. I think the earlier part of the film, the first half of the film, is basically the beginnings of a serial killer. You know, childhood abuse and kind of the development and, you know, the. I think uh, Loomis calls it the perfect storm. His environment yeah. and the interior uh, of his personality comes together to create this monster. Um, I, again, I do have problems with the first the first half, but that was the the one I paid more attention to. I enjoyed more, um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You know, it, again, if it perhaps wasn't a Halloween film, I may have enjoyed it a bit more or got into it a bit more. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to the, the second half, it's yeah, it's very much just quite formulaic. As yeah. as a Halloween film, it's you know, gonna kill the teenagers I mean, cheerleaders. I feel a bit
0: like the the problem. There are many problems, but yeah. the, the main one is that the movie that tries to set up itself to be in the first half yeah. doesn't really tally with then being a Hall- Halloween film. Yeah, so no. then when it segues into being basically Halloween mm. again, but with a bigger guy, yeah, <laughs> just doesn't really feel yeah. right, uh, you know, and and. Yeah, and and also you've got this weird thing where Michael is the main character for the first half, but then when it becomes the original movie,
8: it focuses more on Laurie. And And she's come out of nowhere. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's a very sympathetic take because you're -hmm. you're sympathising with this, this... This human character, all the way through, you go, Yeah, there is something wrong with him, but we still care for him. And you know, he's being mistreated at home, uh, at school, you know, and then he does these horrible things. And you go, Yeah, probably because there is some issues he has, and his home life is not great. Um, But then, you know, there's only really possibly a section at the end where it's kind of you feel for him again, a very small section of the film. But yeah, there's no I think there is a disconnect. You're right, there is a, a disconnect between the two halves. It's the first film is it is almost its own film entirely, and that could have built built to a more you know, a, a more functional in that story model, it could be a more functional finale, but then we go like Howard says, Michael has to do what he has to do, so he has to put that mask on, put the boiler suit on, start stabbing, you know? And so. it's a shame because
0: Regardless of whether you like the first half of the film or not, by suddenly moving it over into just being a straightforward remake of, of mm. the original, you are actually throwing away a lot mm. of the work you've put in in yeah. trying to make the first half more original and fresh. Yeah, um, and, it, and it does feel like a lot of the things set up in, in at the earlier part of the film don't go anywhere. I
8: um, do. I do feel in this one that they. Almost entirely throw away the the supernatural element. The, that's clearly the cult, deliberate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a, like he's, he's just a serial killer. You know, there is a bit, obviously. There's, you know, there's no, there's no hint or you know explanation of any sort of supernatural elements or him being inhuman and mm. surviving all these. You know, a few of the injuries. Yeah, he gets, but they're not life th- not like being shot in the chest or something like that. Not life threatening. He could probably he is quite a big guy. The guy yeah. is uh Tyler Mayne, I believe. Yeah, he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler yeah, he's a and guy. also played the original Sabretooth. In X Men in X
6: Men. So that's where I knew the name from. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was in I knew the name.
0: From, yeah. He was also in the Devil's Rejects, wasn't he? He, was he No no, no
3: he's not he's not, he not he's not that's um another actor. The do you mean the The big
0: the really big guy.
3: Oh no no not 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 the giant. Um, that was played by the actor in the film Big Fish with Hugh McGregor. Oh, yeah. He died. He died, quite he died unfortunately. Mm. I think Big Fish. I think either the, the Devil's Rejects was his last film. I think it was. I it think was his last film because yeah. so it's yeah. gone. You know, an entertain in memory old yeah. the actor. Um,
0: but no, I, I just read somewhere that Tyler Main was in the Devil's mm. Rejects I as well. I can't recall Tyler Main Devil's Rejects. I don't know if he haven't was haven't the.
3: Ba- I don't know if he's the bounty hunter with Danny Trejo or he's somewhere along in that because I
0: mean that's I think a lot of this cast were in that film William Forsyth Shuri
3: Sherry Moon in um Danny Moon Danny Trejo was in, in both
0: you know um yeah uh, I don't know um, sorry where were we going uh, sorry I was talking about yeah
8: so he's there's no kind of supernatural element and again I think that is because we built Michael up as a very human character from the beginning of the film that we don't want to be like oh he's you know he can, can exist he's not human he's undead he's a ghost whatever. whatever people think that Michael is from these original previous films you know all the things he can survive um, you know this is very clearly Michael's film it's about Michael it's, yeah. it's Progress into madness and and how how he develops. Um, I quite like the some nice like Easter eggs and things uh, to the other films. But uh, one of my favorite aspects was the mask, the idea of the mask and what that represents, because we never really had any any explanation for the mask, any real reason for the mask. Um, so I quite liked that well, sort c- of explanation. I mean, my. my um Position
0: and I'll come to you in a moment, Howard, because I know you're dying no, to say no, something. i um, great interest. But I, I just find, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree that all of the things that you're mentioning are mm. sort of positive elements. But I think there's something about the way they're done that they don't quite work. Like, yeah. like mm. Loomis is is more compassionate mm. in this, and, and you you spend more time with his yeah. relationship with Myers. But at the same time, he still very quickly says in his like little diary bits where he's filming Michael and voiceover Mm. over the footage he's Mm. kind of saying "Um, this boy's eyes are blank there's nothing inside Mm. you know he actually does come to the same conclusions Mm. that Donald Pleasness version of Lootness did but you can't quite see the link because it's like he was talking to him he was a normal kid yeah um, and then also with the supernatural thing, yes, it's much more grounded. Hmm. But he still does somehow become a massive, super strong wrestler yes. guy yeah. <laughs> after 15 years in asylum with no exercise. All, or that, or all that painting just somehow got <laughs> muscles. Yeah. It's like, yeah, making masks.
8: I mean, and I mean, at least in Conan the Barbarian, the little boy was pushing that, that <laughs> yeah. pushing that little round that thing, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's <laughs> true. Conan, what is best in life? Yeah. Uh, it is it's the uh, to crush your enemies see them driven before you to hear the lamentation of, of the, the
0: women, women. of yes. the women look at the women yes, yes. Um, I'm, I'm sure Rob Zombie would agree as well <laughs> judging by what he does in this yes. film oh dear um, so, yeah, so uh, for those reasons yeah, I think it's worth kind of praising yeah. these elements but also kind of acknowledging yes. that they're problematic I, again
8: again not uh, that is the most that is the be- the best stuff I will say about this film. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Okay. Uh, so but I was I was just trying to get it out there. Well, while we I could. might find some so. more
0: later. Yeah. But there's a few, there's let, a few things we'll let's see. Turn let's turn it see. over to Howard then. How, how did uh, you respond to this, Howard? Uh, just uh, tell Rob us. Zombies
6: Halloween, you mean? Yes. we're, we're, we're asking Brexit. You about, we're well, about Brexit now. <laughs> we're on to Brexit. So first, tell us how did you first see this film? Yeah, it must have been about four years ago. Right, and I was watching it with my nephew who then would be about 18 years old
0: that's Elliot, that's Elliot that was yeah. really interesting because you were telling us about his impressions of Michael as character in the
6: original Halloween and I'd love you to tell
0: us what he thought about this version of well, Michael well <laughs> 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 uh,
6: we were watching it yes he's a massive fan of Halloween massive fan of Michael Myers we had to watch one of the reasons I bought, I bought on, on DVD the sequels is because he wanted to see them as much as I, I did and we were watching it and it had been on for about 20 minutes half an hour and I said, this isn't very good, is it? And he said, no, it isn't. You can turn it off if you want, and we'll do something else. Wow. So right. he, at 18 years old, presumably the target audience for this film, mm. he didn't like it either. Right. He okay. thought it was boring. He thought it was... on. If we take it as its own, I mean, for me, it's very difficult not to compare it to the original, it, because I really... love the original so much.
0: And, and it's very difficult, because the film, after the first half, basically staples itself to the original yes it is it's a but, but, I but understand let's you, think about it in terms of yes you have to talent, see it though. on it's own terms yeah, on yeah. it's
6: own terms I hate it the reason <laughs> that I hate it is because everybody in this film is horrible Okay, there is nobody to root for there is well apart from kind of my this is the, the weird thing Michael Myers is kind of the most sympathetic character in the sense he's living with this really awful family of well, trailer trash is is white trash, yeah. white white trash. Hilly-billies. Hilly-billies. There's that scene in the, the kitchen at the beginning where they're just all yelling at each other and screaming and shouting and effing and blinding. And yeah, these, William Forsythe plays. William Forsyth kind the of kind suggests advances of step- his own daughter, well, yeah. stepdaughter, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and everyone is horrible, horrible to beings. Michael. And I thought, well, this is this is too much. <laughs> there's, there's too much. Unpleasantness. There's too much viciousness. There's too much nastiness. And, and I, I and these would argue on. that the
0: uh, his mother just comes across as okay. And and Sharon yeah. Zombie gets who's obviously Rob Zombie's wife mm-hmm. plays Michael's mother, mm-hmm. and she gets a lot of flack for not being very good actress, which I think is arguable. But yeah. I think she's okay. And I, I think the main thing about her is that she comes across as not being in
6: control of anything. Yeah. So she's she's well, it's slightly less unpleasant than everybody else. yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The level of and as it goes on and yeah, like you say about Doctor Doctor Loomis, mm. yes. Well, Michael I, McDowell's a very good actor, and yes, perhaps he is a bit more uh, sympathetic towards Michael, but he's still writing a book. Yeah, he's I, still. It's but well, one of the things is the weird stuff like the,
0: the kind of weird disjointedness of the script. It, you could cut a couple of his scenes, and you'd lose that whole plot about mm. him writing the book, yeah. and you'd mm. view the character in a very different way because it doesn't feed through into much of what else he does. Mm. You know, there is there. The, the, there's a bit where Brad Dourif says to him, "I've read your book, and I and I think that you've you, you've made money on this yeah. town suffering or something like mm-hmm. that." But apart from that, it doesn't really feed in. Um, and he, and he does in all the other scenes. He does act quite decently, and mm-hmm. he does try and protect Laurie and yeah. and and, uh, and various things. Anyway, sorry, yeah, so but it's, it's just your, the,
6: your rant. the viciousness, the cynicism, whatever. is so relentless. Yeah, it's like when he escapes, it's because like. Two guards take like a girl in, terrified girl in, to be raped, presumably. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, why yeah well, not, not, not? presumably to be raped. Well, definite, definite. Yeah. Um, why can't I just escape? Yeah. You know why? Why? Why is there that? Why? Yeah. Why do yeah. the guards have to? Why do I have to do it in that way? And, and it's just that, it's so that,
8: that, unrelentingly. That for me was the most, probably the most gratuitous. Rape scene I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It was it was horrendous. Well, to watch. it's the definition of gratuitous because
0: yeah. it's not about. Uh, I don't want to say it's horrendous in the sense that the scene had something more to it than other rape scenes. There's no. been plenty of horrendous. it yeah, it's, it's awful. an this awful was experience. Anyway. Just didn't need to be in the film. No. There was no if,
3: if It was just like a simple power outage and all the doors open. Perfect. But yeah. if, I think obviously zombie, like you said, he was trying to make character effects. So. You know, Michael's a hero for saving this girl in the British way, but then he kills the then he kills Danny Trejo, the guy who yeah. said, yeah. No, yeah. you need the to keep nice yourself." Guy. The yeah. nice guy. The only other
0: nice person in the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And then he just kills him by drowning him and bashing and his head. possibly
0: the most disturbing thing in the whole movie, the the one bit that I would credit as like something that made me feel something mm. as as a as a viewer, I felt horrified and saddened, was when you know he's, he's killing Danny Trejo and he pu- pulls his head in the sink and he pulls it out and uh, and when he's getting a breath, Danny Trejo, I think he cries out, "I was good to you, Mikey." Yeah. And then his head goes back in. It's a that's a really good mm. shot. That I really mm.
8: enjoyed that shot of. Uh, Danny it, Trainer being drowned. Yeah, they film they it keep, from within side the yeah, f- bowl. Yeah, right? so, so you're, you're looking from the sinkhole point of view, yeah. basically. And but as every time he, he ducks his head in, it he gets f- more and more, more full of blood. So yeah, that, yeah. the image is obscured, and you can't really see him as, as well. I, I didn't even realise what was going on and at first. I was like, "What's?" I was like, oh right it's bleeding into the sink. That's why it's full. the next yeah. shots more and more red." Um, but I thought that was a brilliant shot, actually.
6: Yeah, yeah. The, the you know. Well, this the is run. the this is the one, one. Good, good thing I'm going to say about <laughs> Rob Zombie is technically he's very competent. He's, he's good. He's, a, he's actually a good director. Mm. Mm. You know, the filming of the did thing... Did he write this? Yes. He, wrote, he, he wrote it. He wrote it as well. Wrote, okay. directs. Yeah. It's just that his vision, his world view is to me so odious, Yeah. yeah. That, that, that everybody's nasty and vicious and, well, not everybody, but most people yeah. are well, and this is the way the world is. Well
0: let's say the, character, the characters that he's interested in, Yeah. you know, I mean he, later in the film he does, he, he writes about the Strode family and yes. they come across as a, as a, as like a kind red of cliché, well, well no they're not really well they're not, neck. no they're no, Strode's, they're not, not, not the
8: Strode's, not. you're thinking the Myers oh yeah, yeah so, so, the Myers, so the Myers family are like Laurie... uh, yeah. Red but, oh yeah Laurie's family yeah. Laurie's yeah.
0: family are kind of they come across as more kind of middle class seeming yeah. relatively mm. genteel. they're still not very well written as characters yeah. but they're not well actually no Laurie is kind of a bit in your face obscene straight away yeah, oh I love yeah. I that <laughs> I thought that was great I thought that was
8: great. <laughs> Because I, like, I was like, oh, she's going to be this, like, cutesy, innocent girl. She's like, no, he's a pervert next door. Uh. You know, she's figuring <laughs> <Yeah>. the bagel. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> and the mom's like, no, Laurie, no. It's quite, it's quite a fun fam- family dynamic. It's not just like, you know, the, the rebel down. teenager yeah. amongst his homecoming yeah. family. It, right? it, it, it came across a bit more kind of modern contextually. Um, but, yeah. but I, it, like, it, I mean, it loses that
0: dynamic with the three girls because you can't yeah, clearly true. delineate no. who's the good yeah. one, who's the
8: sarky yeah. one. You know, but then but then the characters the characters are a bit more complex you know yeah she might be the studious one and mm. the you know Virginia one but she's still not she's not you she's, know she's, just, still she's okay. like I don't know what sex is you know it's not no. like you know
0: I mean yeah and I mean cows on the table I <clears throat> thought Scout Taylor Compton was okay I think mm. she's pretty cute I think mm. she's an engaging presence um, and even though she kind of the first scene she's in she's, she's been kind of quite obscene mm-hmm. I still thought she was fairly sympathetic. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I, yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed her performance. I didn't think her character was very kind of well-defined. No. But then later in the film, when she finds her friends have been attacked and yeah. things, her, her distress is, it comes across as very real. Yeah, and, very um, palpable. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we need to mention... We, we've mentioned this phrase that's really contentious to me uh, of, like... Um, uh, trailer yeah. trasher. I can't remember how mm. you phrased it. I no, said trailer trash. You said trailer <laughs> trash, and that's a phrase that people use with Rob Zombie's mm. characters a lot. It's like a really offensive yeah. mm. phrase because what it basically means is working class people. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Well, no. I, I think that's what no, it, I it does mean. I, it, what it means is working it, class I, people. That's in not what I mean. When of, I say it. No, yeah. I know that's yeah. what. I,
8: I know. I'm not saying that you're being offensive. No. I, um, but I, I just want to kind of. Um, these are, these are descriptors Me, that other people have used. Yeah, we're I mean, just re, we're reusing them in like, terms of the film.
0: In terms of movies and cultural commentary, when people say trailer mm. trash, mm. they kind of mean... Mm. Low-income. Low-income families Backward in certain parts of America. Sense, yeah. uh, uncultured, uncouth, da-da-da. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and all these characters in this movie have those qualities or lack of qualities and they are on they're they're horrible they don't display a lot of empathy and all that the reason that trailer trash as a phrase is is kind of offensive is that I think it basically does come down to meaning working class and implying that working class people all have those traits which they obviously don't the characters in this film do yes And, and the flaw of the kind of the zombie kind of world view or the world he built is that He's not very good at indicating that there is any there are any kind of people who are different. Yeah, it's a, it's well, a stereotype. I think that's my problem with it. Yeah.
6: No, my, um, my um, sort of definition of trailer trash is a particular section of perhaps working-class yes. people yeah. mm-hmm. who behave like that. Yeah. And I think I think it's actually not. People aren't like that. I think this yeah. is film trailer trash. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. this is how film directors yeah. portray people like that. I, I don't think this is my problem. I don't think people like. I like that in the real world. Yeah. Not, not, no. no. I think this is... This he, he, is doesn't, he doesn't present...
8: Like, usually, people will present films and they will present a group of people. Some of them will be negative mm. depictions of that group of people. Some of them will be positive. He, Rob Zombie does not produce, in my mind, in this film, a positive depiction of a low-income family. No, yes. It's purely a negative depiction. And I think all of his other films have, as far as I know... Uh, from what I've seen it's kind of a similar kind of yeah. thing There, yeah. most of the villains or the mm. or the monsters of the film come from that kind of background and do yeah, you think bit, I think this is
6: a very offensive depiction of working class yeah,
8: people yeah mm. uh,
0: and I think and it, but the thing the question of whether it would make it, sorry and the, the issue that makes it is the deciding factor of whether it's offensive or not is, the, is I think do you reckon that he is creating these characters um Stereotypically, or is he sincerely like basing them on his own? I don't know what his background um, is. Well,
3: he used to work in the circus, um, right. Rob Zombie. So I don't know if it's that mm. from that culture. But the the one again going back yeah. by how he decided to go with this whole negative aspect of. Michael's backstory. If you look at the original, Michael comes from uh, you know a middle working, very high family. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice house. You know, they got it's the it's the embodiment of the American dream. Yeah. It's and the kind of Rockwellian. Yeah it's, yeah, it's that sort of thing. And then the kind so,
0: of point of it is that there's no indication from that why this person. Exactly. He just yeah. does
3: it, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, I feel like Rob Zombie went the cheap way. Like, yeah. he has to be this abused child of the system because it, it was it's, the death it's, it's the easy route.
8: Yeah, It's the exactly. easy way to go. In real life, yes. Most of Well, yeah, If
6: I was brought up in that family, I'd become a serial killer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the first people I'd kill would be the people who made this film. <laughs> but the first scene, he's he's cut off a rat's ear and yeah. he's playing it within the mirror. With yeah. With a razor blade. It, yeah. But then if you explain why he's a serial killer. Um, then where's the mystery? Where's the, the, where's the even, in, even on its own terms? Yeah. There's no mystery. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, in a in a way, the movie that I think Rob Zombie tries to make and wants to make is a kind of drama. Mm. If you think more mm. along the lines of something like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer yeah. by John McNaughton, you know, <laughs> it's um, which is a film I haven't seen. So please oh, well. correct me if I'm talking nonsense. But, you know, there is obviously... A, there's lots of dark dramas about people who yeah. do horrible things. I think there's, um, a, there's a film
8: a while back, uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, I think. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I've not good. seen it myself, but yes. I think it's a similar subject of a young man. Yeah, because
0: those characters can be fascinating. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can follow those characters. Audiences are sophisticated enough to be able to enjoy a story about those characters and find them interesting without having to necessarily empathise with them or necessarily want to emulate their actions so, so I think that what Zombie kind of sets him up by taking this approach to Michael is that kind of psychodrama maybe violent and scary in parts yeah. but you know that's what it, what it needs to be and I think we're now getting to the point where it's inevitable to compare it to the original mm. um, I think the real problem with it is that uh, Zombie um, obviously thought I'm going to do something different with this And I want to write a drama exploring the psychology of Michael Myers. Um, But, unfortunately, it's a Halloween film. Mm. And the structure... I mean, I know you've hinted at this, Dan. Um, The structure of it tells against him. He wants to take out the supernatural elements and make it a purely psychological study. Okay, fine. Hmm. If you do that, why is it called Halloween? because the point yeah. of the original was we, it's, a, it's a psycho movie but it's set on Halloween so we can bring in supernatural hints yeah. to it yeah. and use that setting to the advantage this movie just happened to be set on Halloween for no reason you know there isn't even with it yeah apart from all the stuff that's imported directly from the original like the plot devices about their taking kids trick-or-treating their yeah. babysitting and all that mm-hmm. there's no reference to Halloween itself there's no kind of working it into the concept of the movie and also the original it's called Halloween because it's set on Halloween mm-hmm. and it's technically it's two different Halloween nights it's Halloween sixty three, and then for, for like three minutes yeah. and then it's Halloween night 78 but mostly it's Halloween night 78 that's when it's set on the movie starts at the morning of Halloween and continues through the day the structure is really clear you know exactly where you are in, in temporality and all that yeah. this movie called Halloween is for about a third of its running time not set on Halloween it's yeah. set at some random time I think at one point during Michael's incarceration it's Christmas time yeah I believe so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so so in a way the movie needed not to be Halloween in order for what Zombie wanted to do for it to totally work it reminds me when they remade Robocop I thought the remake of Robocop was okay Mm. Mm. it is not comparable to the original it's a totally different film Mm. and therefore it should not be called Robocop the big giveaway is the fact that in the movie nobody calls him Robocop (laughs) that's well, <laughs> in the screen he, he, I mean, he's not called he Robocop he say in
3: the film um, let's give him a paint job because he's painted as re- the original design of Robocop and then next, you know, he comes out as Slip Slick Robocop because yeah, black is
0: the movie. new black itchy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, you, know, uh, you know so so mm. the only reason the movie the, a movie about a character not called Robocop is called Robocop and the only reason for that is because of brand recognition mm. and they thought it would make more money and it's the same with Halloween this is not Halloween or at least the movie that zombie wanted to make is not Halloween but it was only ever going to get made if it was Halloween so yeah. it's like our friend Gareth was on the podcast a while ago talking about Halloween 3 and we all discussed what should it have been called because there's this argument about the reason it failed or or, mm. or didn't do so well is because it came out called Halloween 3 everybody ex- expecting the third Michael Myers film yeah. and they didn't get it mm. but Gareth said but the problem is that you have to call it Halloween 3 because if you don't it doesn't get made and, and, and I think the same thing's happened here. And it, So Zombie was on hiding to nothing by trying to change it in the, those ways. If he wanted to do his own thing, he, sh- he should have started from the premise of it still has to be set on Halloween night, mm. it probably does have to be supernatural in some way, mm. but everything else I can change. Yeah. You know, it, Maybe it doesn't have to be about babysitters, you know,
8: and so on. Who says the ki- the killer has to be... Michael Myers maybe it yeah. could be a brand new character well, yeah. similar mask same mask yeah. who says it has to be I mean you can have all the other trappings
0: because I mean the structure really undermines what he's trying to do because like it actually took me a minute not a minute but like half the film to realise that the first few scenes of the movie which is Michael Myers um kills his pet rat comes down for breakfast with his family mm. goes to school gets bullied kills the bully yeah mm-hmm comes home, goes trick or treating, kills his stepfather, kills his sister, kills I think his sister's boyfriend.
7: Yeah.
0: Mm. All of that happens within the space of a few hours. It's one day because it says right at the start of the movie October thirty first, and then so it's all one day. If this it should have been set over the course of a few months if it's supposed to be like it it does does feel like like progression. Yeah, progression because
8: like he Loomis comes in says you know we think your boy is. You know, mentally unstable. I've got these photos. We've got a dead cat in your bed. Yeah, <laughs> <in> back. <laughs> there it is. That is
0: literally on the same day as yeah. his first murders.
8: And then, and then she's like, "Oh, you better live up tonight because um, tomorrow things are going to change." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
3: expect to look to the camera and be like, "Nudge, nudge, wink, yeah. wink," but and, uh, and the thing thing is, they try to um, push in Halloween two as well. Elements of Halloween yeah, yeah, with um, the Laurie Stroll, the Michael Myers connection. And again,
0: I think that's kind of shrewd because if you're going to rewrite Halloween, mm. knowing that Michael Myers is Laurie's brother, yeah. you would put that in the first movie. You Definitely. wouldn't make it. Would set that.
8: You would set that up earlier. Mm.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't do it very well, though.
8: Yeah,
3: she's just she's just got a newborn baby, and you know, obviously the baby. Well, I've no knowledge. What, I'll be honest.
8: What was Brad Dourif's police officer character? <laughs> 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 what was, what was oh, Thinking. I found this baby covered in blood. I don't want her living with the stigma of somebody committing suicide and having a serial killer brother. I'll just drop it off at hospital. Well, yeah. it turns out, don't worry, my friend adopted it. All good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great. Right. So, uh. What, no, a, what but a responsible police person you are.
0: Did he think that, that, wasn't, that she wasn't going to be put up for adoption anyway? She's had her entire... Well, no, I suppose her mother was still alive. Yeah, I forget that. Well, it's that bit. Um, uh, yeah, Sherry Moon's character was not killed, so the mother was still alive. No, she, no, herself. she, she shoots, herself. shoots herself. No, she shoots herself later in the film. She shoots. Herself, oh, you, like, mean after, you mean after? Michael, oh, yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah Michael so, goes away. So in theory, she's got
8: the baby. Yeah. alone in the house, and then she sees he kills another. He, he, he so kills I've,
0: another. I've only just realised this. Wait a minute. Okay, so this film's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> <Finally. laughs> By the way, there's a great Mark Kermode review of this movie on, oh. on YouTube. I've just just find it. He sums it up in in essentially that sentence. <laughs> um, I've just realised I yeah. don't think I understood when watching the movie. I always thought okay. that yeah, he kills her, his sister, sister her boyfriend, her boyfriend, but yeah. he doesn't
8: kill the baby. know then his mother comes. No, home. He, he touches the baby. He goes like, oh, uh, ha- he kisses the baby or something. Yeah. Happy birthday, Boo Boo or something. And there's
0: a, a clear theme throughout the film that. The, the young innocent baby is the one person in that family he yeah. loves and his mum mm-hmm. yes that, that. Um, but you know so he doesn't kill the baby that's then right. mum comes home so I, I kind of always understood that Michael then goes into the asylum that's right and his mum's living at home with the baby
8: that's right mm. then
0: his mum kills herself she does no. after,
8: she does after she sees Michael Kills uh, the nurse. Right. Because the nurse um, again, yeah. Rob's
3: on the dickish, dickish character. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no. Dickish character number twelve. Was like
0: no, nurse working in psychiatric unit with proven murderer. One, you <laughs> come it. into a room to watch him and say something to but annoy him. Give him, him. Star-
8: sharp implements as well. <laughs> <He> does just <laughs> have plastic
0: implements. Turn your back on him because you're more interested in reading the paper. Nothing yeah, can possibly to be, f- go to be fair. Around. I didn't.
8: I didn't think she was that. Dick- I think she was making like like a little. The joke she says, she's like, "Oh, cute baby, can't be related to you." I don't think she meant that as in like, "I fucking hate you, you little shit." No, I think she was true. like, right. C- "Can't be related to you." Play like a playful thing, like a little bit no, of like, like trying to get. Oh, that's she, how I read it. She
0: then immediately turns her back on. She. T- she me. does. It. A, you she never <laughs> turn your back. But 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 not just in terms of he's dangerous, but no. like. Turning your back on someone is is, um, a mark of disrespect. True, yeah, true.
6: yeah, that's, well, that's what he meant. Everybody's not is not very nice. He's yeah. A dick. Even, yeah, even even the guy
3: that Loomis tries to buy a gun from is a dick. He's like Mickey Dolenz. <laughs>
6: am I right in thinking he's off the monkeys? He is off the Yeah, yeah. he's hey, the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's around. How does Rob Zombie money? I suppose how does Rob Zombie get all these great actors to be in his films? Well no, no apparently
0: people like him. Apparently, I mean, it's like Michael Winner used to be able to do that as well because everybody got on with him, regardless of time yeah, or yeah. whatever.
6: Calm down
3: dear <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to cut somebody up in this scene
8: I, mean, I only directed Death Wish <laughs> oh dear um, Death Wish 2 uh, 3 <laughs> after
0: I left that was when they started going bad <laughs> all the ones that I directed were great um, anyway mm. uh, <laughs> The Mechanic was a good film <laughs> Uh, mm. What's that
6: one? Is that the
3: Bronson? The, yeah, Charles Bronson. Yeah, yeah. Is he called the mechanic? Oh, right. yes.
0: Yeah, I, cool. yeah. like,
6: I quite like Chato's Land. Charles Bronson. I've never seen that Jack one. No, no. But the Sentinel. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs>
8: I think I, watched, I think I watched Mr. Majestic, which is Charles Bronson. A, isn't yeah, it? he's a he's a like a melon farmer, and then it's people the people <laughs> come people is come That's not Michael Winner. Is not, no,
6: yes, but no. it made me think of Bronson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because that's actually quite a good film. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> that is Mr. Majestic. Kind of Mr. Mr. Majestic, I think. So that is a Charles Bronson That's a Charles Bronson yeah, no, 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 But no, it's not Michael no, Winner. It's not by Michael Oh, Anyway, we digress. Yeah. Yes, Let's we do, start-up. we do. Sorry. So, um, sorry. So sorry. Where were we going with that, then?
3: So we was talked about the
0: apparently Dick... I was
3: talking
6: about how he gets all these great actors like... That's right, good cast, good
0: cast. Dean Wallace. I was kind of trying to establish the timeline, though, of... so. Um, so Michael's gone to the asylum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, Laurie, the baby, is living at home with his mum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then his mum kills herself following the death of the nurse. That's correct. So is that the point when Brackett comes around And finds yes. Laurie? Because she says she says right. the
8: baby is covered in blood. Because I thought it was the way you thought it was at the same time as the murder. Yeah. They were ado- The baby was adopted because her mum's mum lost Perhaps it. Perhaps well. nodded off. Uh, <laughs> probably. It was this morning. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, he says, "Oh, I found the baby covered in blood." So I couldn't have the baby have that stigma. So yeah, just give it to hospital, you know, as you do. Uh, and the thing, I mean,
0: I was saying before that you know, Sherry Moon Zombie's character is not the most unsympathetic in the film, but then she kills herself despite the fact having a very baby young there, baby yeah.
8: right now. Yeah. I'll be honest. I- of one of the things I didn't think I needed to see was Michael Myers mum stripping
6: <laughs> <laughs> don't think I needed that Well, all? <laughs>
8: they, they only hit, they hinted at the
3: beginning like the boys like the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you have the bullies who come in and they do that Oh, she's, he's got the little f- the flyer and he makes a joke do yeah. you think I'll get a blow job for like 10 cents um, or for free and like you said let me go ask him
8: (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) I mean it did feel a bit unnecessary like you had to cut to it but I can understand why Zombie did it because what (sighs) is his wife but at the same time
8: where was she when Michael was Mm. Mm. trick-or-treating I I I think maybe that the the reason for that is maybe that you know the whole trope of you know the, the sexual the sexual nature of the victims they're being yep. sexual a lot of the time mm-hmm. in these slasher movies maybe that's some sort of psychological trigger for it's him as well fun. possibly but it's not done very well I'll also say uh, in this film is the worst use of the theme I've ever seen of the Halloween theme yeah the worst mm-hmm. use possibly uh, example example um the, the scene with the dead cat. So, the principal is. Uh, so, uh, Michael's been bullied in the, in the bathroom, shown the pornographic ad of his mum. principal comes in, goes, What are you doing? He says, Fuck you, Mr. Principal, or whatever he the says. Principal says yeah, fuck, just fuck me, fuck you! <laughs> <fuck." laughs> uh, he, take, he takes him in. <laughs> so,
6: that's, that's, yeah. As in, did, that's did how you sh-
8: all head teachers talk. Yes. yes. Uh,
0: just teach and, not get, and not get fired. Uh, so he, <laughs> He's
8: and then, the principal. He uh, does the firing. So, so they in the they're in the principal's office. Michael's waiting outside. Mum's in Complaining That he's a dickhead she, she co- Stop bringing me Into this school Every time you bring me Into this fucking school And she's like, he's like I don't want to bring you in I don't like you um, and, <laughs> and he's like Don't worry I've got somebody coming Mr. Lo- Dr. Loomis comes in He's like I think your son Is a serial killer um, It might lead to This this behaviour She's like What does hurting Small animals mean You're an idiot If you don't know What <laughs> s- <laughs> hurting small animals Means Love yeah, um, It's what Jeffrey Dahmer did yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody does it. <laughs> Every all the serial killer, killer Does it <laughs> And they go, oh, I'll we'll just test it out. <laughs> um, anyway, Michael is waiting outside in, in the, in the uh, waiting room. And all of a sudden, um, I think he, he hears them going, thinking about um, psychiatric help or putting him somewhere or putting him in a room. And then all of a sudden, he awkwardly stands up, jitters around, walks off. But that is exactly as they start playing the theme. So yeah. it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act to get out. Uh, viewers, so he goes. He goes a little like this.
7: <laughs> For the
0: sake of listeners, that was Dan doing a strange sit down, stand up, dance around jitter yes. motion. And yes,
6: and he is start naked. I am, I am.
8: Lots of things are waggling around. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I go and watch that scene because it is just awful because the when I think of that theme I think of haunting music I think of you know I think of the shape I think of you know like you know Michael in a shot maybe from the back Mm -hmm. um you know catching the back or his shoulder or his leg or something you know him watching people um and it was just like I don't need to see an awkward chubby 10 15 year old version of Michael getting awkwardly up and leaving. What it should have been, because I think he, saw, he sees the bully and I think that triggers him to go yeah, as well. Yeah, he sees
3: the bully and he, he stalks him and he yeah, beats he him death,
8: he gets the piece of paper, and then he, right. he's, got, he's got the creepy clown Yeah, he's got mask. the clown mask, yeah. And then that's when the theme comes but up. The, the sh- but, no, no, it's it's as he stands, I watched it this morning, I know. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it this morning, it's fresh in my mind. Oh. <laughs> so he awkwardly gets up and that's when the theme starts playing. What it should have been was that he was outside watching the bully leave, mm. Then we hear the. Doo, 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 doo. That's what it should have. Been. That's when it should have been, because that is reminiscent of the film. It's reminiscent mm. of everything. It's just it was so awkward and weird, and it just took me right out of the film. I was just like, "This is when you use the theme." When when he just awkwardly because it's like the worst bit of that. Obviously, I was like, "Just stand up and leave," and he went, "You know, the, the child actor, poor child actor, he is." You just was like, "Okay, I'll just stand up okay. and leave." But it was honestly the worst use of it. And there's been some bad
6: uses yeah. of the theme in these films, but. For me, it was just dreadful. It was, I was strange. watching it, to hear the Halloween theme for me, because it, it seemed like a disconnect yeah, for me between what was actually going on, mm. the, the frenzied kind of way mm. from somebody direct, and, that, yeah. and the very kind of calm... I will tell you um, what I
0: think. I d- I slightly disagree with you, Dan, although I appreciate mm. your passionate hatred of that. <laughs> for me, the movie picked up slightly when the theme came in, and I thought the use of the music was okay Throughout, I won't put it stronger than that, but there's something about that theme at which suggests development, things moving forward. Yeah. okay. And therefore, when you've got a shot of a young lad just wandering along, but you've got that music on it, you feel like, but this is leading somewhere. Yeah. There's what's going on inside his mind. And that's why the, the, the original movie gets away with all those mm. scenes that, that you know, you've know you used the word boring mm. not much happens but I think that music ticking away in the background yeah. lets you know that it's actually the there, things, yeah. things are going on what, l- later what I in would the movie done. sorry I'll just, just no, on, this you finish this yeah, no, no. um later in the movie when it becomes more of a conventional remake yeah. I noticed that um most of the music that was being used wasn't even like a reorchestration orchestration of, mm. of the original themes it was blatantly just sticking yeah. the CD of the original music on yeah, and yeah. it still kind of worked mm. because it's just so good yeah and like yeah. I said you know yeah, you can't so. improve it by changing it you, you just leave it as it is um, and, I, I, and I actually and it kind of reminded me how good the music is and how powerful mm. it is um, I, I don't think it necessarily added to what Zombie was trying to do but no. I do think I don't think it really
8: damaged the film no um, I mean, it's still it's still a good it's still it's I'm not I'm not saying the music is bad. No, I, no, can, no, not, no, no. I can't. say the music. Is bad. I know he didn't. Um, he didn't it's 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 the I, what I would have done is I would have cu- cut to a shot of Michael in the waiting room, just sat there, you know, maybe kind of off in his own world or kind of staring into middle distance. Cut back to the office, them discussing Michael. Cut back, Michael's gone. Mm. Uh, Cut back to the office, cut to a shot of the bully walking outside, you know, him snatching that kid's hat and slapping him about or whatever he does. Then a cut to Michael from behind, watching the bully. That's how I would have done it because him awkwardly making those movements for me just took me right out of his character and his progression Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, I, I wanted to see the beginnings of Michael Myers. I wanted to see the beginnings of the shape. Um, and him just awkwardly getting up while that theme's being used. Again, it's just that one shot. I, I, if you use that in a slightly different shot, of, yeah. it's just that awkward getting up, just really, I was just like, it just looks. Well,
0: I mean, I'm horrendous. tempted to go and watch it again now, just <laughs> for that moment. Just, just do it. To enjoy the jitteriness. Um, I think maybe it's a, a good point now then to talk about actors in the movie, and hmm. particularly, I think we need to talk about the actor called, I think this is how you pronounce it, Dave Fersch who plays 10-year-old Michael Myers. Oh. Um, I mean, he's an interesting choice. Yeah. He does have that um, angelic face Mm. that, like, Carpenter, I think, envisaged. Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, and in a way, there's there's not much that he can do apart from play the script. Yeah. Um, How do we feel that the script kind of sets up Michael as a character in that? in the start what, what, in the part of the film where he is young like, yeah, you, before yeah, he becomes sure. a I think it out. just
3: again it betrays him in the Rob Sobmish ways he's yeah. a child of abuse mm-hmm. like you've all said he's yeah. a child of abuse he comes from a family who you know a mother's a stripper dad's abusive sister is I, know, I mean I around. can relate <laughs> 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 um, and you know he's a he's a he's a at school and you know it, it, it just goes for the generic you know this is what makes a killer basically you know and they take and you get the most creepy looking ish boy in the world with long like blonde locks and wide eyes and you know he always looks like he's pissed off but dozing at the same time yeah but (laughs) but i just i just feel like you know if if he was given more um more to work with instead of just being be the be the bully victim and it goes with Zombie's um, contrast of he wanted to make a, a sympathetic character. Then, and this goes back to my idea, if you did take Michael, that Michael, and you put him in the middle class happy family, everything's okay family, mm. like Laurie, um, for example, and just see how he feels like, you know, he feels like a bit of an outsider, you know. he yeah. you're, you're, you, can, you can have the abusive effects, you know, mum and dad can be the get your hair, cut and stuff like that, and then I I think that would have
8: been much more interesting and much more subtle way. You could have, you know, that emotional, you know, those put downs and things like that, and treatment and things like that in in that middle class family. But we got the stereotypical, you know, like we say, quote unquote, yeah. yeah. white trash. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's just the easy route. Because he's done, he's done mm.
3: well afterwards. I mean, he was in um, Hancock straight afterwards, oh, Will, Will Smith. He's mm. pl- he plays uh, the French American kid who calls him asshole. Right. And um, I think Hancock just takes him up. He's about to drop him mm. and yeah. saves him. And he wa- He runs off crying, sees the bully right. to um, the friend of Will Smith. I but, mean, yeah. Go on, sorry. But I was saying um, he's had a few films, and he was supposed to be in uh, the sequel, but unfortunately um, he was too different, well, in other words, he grew up, mm. and uh, Rob Zombie had to recast him, with someone who looked quite similar.
0: Oh, so you mean like... Uh, cause, uh, sorry, it's too long since I've seen Zombies Halloween 2. So no, right. is, is it? Are there, like, flashbacks in it where he... Yeah.
3: They use flashbacks, but they use a different actor right. Um, right. For, the light, for the now periods, because... Um, they get quite a a bit
0: chubbyish trying to play him Mm. (laughs) Um, I I mean I I feel like again maybe it's the structure of the movie that's forced Zombie to do this Mm. um, taking the easy route of like the trailer trash abusive family because he's got one day to show this character's development and he's got to hint about all the elements that would turn this Person to psychosis. Mm. Mm-hmm.
8: Did it happen? So, Did it have to be all on that day? Could well, they not? This, is, so no way. It, this is the could, main killing. Just, the main killing could have been on Halloween. Yeah, Or the but the build-up to mm, it was, didn't have
0: to be. But I it guess is. when you've got a movie called Halloween, you start it on
8: Halloween, hmm. and maybe that's just what he thought he should do. I mean, technically, some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies aren't set on Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, amazing! Uh, there you go.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's a series that doesn't get credited for its imagination. <laughs>
6: Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, I would just want to agree with what everybody else says there. It's such a stereotypical, predictable presentation of a serial... Why somebody becomes a serial killer if you live in this sort of house. That's why you become a serial killer. Fair enough, maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe you could write a... Make a good film about that or an interesting film. But it's not a Halloween film. Uh, but it, I also and also, he, he kills the whole... He kills three people, four people. Well, he kills three mm. people in the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... No, he, he kills more.
3: He kills uh, on his way to um, Halloween He kills the guy who gets his overalls from oh
6: no we're mean, as, about the, two, as a child as sometimes. a child oh, as a child, yeah, as a child. Oh, no. right okay he yeah. kills in the original film he just kills his sister in this film he kills his stepfather and on because the same day you can understand why, he, but
0: he kills the, the, bully. Like the just, bully I think if, if you hadn't offset it on one day you could have spread it over time and subtly shown the elements which yeah. are driving him mm-hmm. to, over the edge mm-hmm. and and I think maybe it would have been interesting to see that actor portray that Yeah. but because the, the, the structure is just all over the place in, in terms of those scenes like for instance He's kept the, the, the device from the original that Michael Myers likes to wear masks, yeah. but in the original it's powerful because you see the mask first and then it is revealed that it's an angelic child at like the end of the film, you see no, his yeah. face as an animal. In this movie you see his face first and then he puts masks on when he wants to kill people mm. and the masks are inevitably less interesting looking than just his face, like you say Luke. Mm. you know He's got a fascinating face. Yeah, and um,
3: then to say, um, "Oh, we want to show your transition to character, obviously, because you know, Trejo says, you know, you need to find someone to keep you, keep your mind at ease." Mm. And the character starts making masks, mm. and it's hard to believe that you know, like we joked about, like mm. how Mass painters has turned him into six foot three uh <laughs> Michael in the original was just, I'd say, about five five eleven, six. He just like an ordinary bloke. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I mean, blows. unless unless
8: the mask was made by you know, low-key and, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jim Carrey <laughs> put it on, huh. then uh, yeah. <laughs> uh. then that's, that would turn you into whatever you wanted.
3: <laughs> well, it's also what they do to um, the Michael Myers mask, uh, the William Shatner one, where it's just, it's, again, it's it's gone for that grunge, like the hair's everywhere, it's scarred, and, you know, it, it has its own appeal and it does look interesting for that film. Yeah. But comparing to, but straight away, your head's going to go straight back to the original. You're going to get the image of John Carpenter's William Shatner, Michael Myers, instead of psycho, emo, grungy. And and this
0: movie has the problem that a lot of the other sequels had, which is that whereas the original has him wearing that mask, but you only see him from far away or in the corner or in shadow, you never quite get a good look at it, except in a couple of key close-ups, key points, dramatic points, where the reveal is powerful. Yeah. In this movie, as with many of the sequels, he's a big guy who lumbers around in full shots and you get full view of him on yeah, lots of occasions. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, that just, to be honest, it just
6: looks daft. Mm. Well, that's true of all the like I said. Yeah. In yeah. sequels, he's too tangible, he's too yeah. physical, he's too big, he's too there. Yeah. But all if, the
0: time. even if you're, I mean, this is another reason why I think H2O is good. In H2O, like you said, Howard, he's very tangible, mm. he's a physical threat. But they shoot him in a way that you don't mm. see him very Yeah, much. well, yeah.
6: yeah. It's um, always a better sequel than most of the others. That. Yeah. But, I do, <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is,
0: it, it is it's not just about the... It, it's not like Zombie, because he was deliberately choosing a non-supernatural approach, was obliged to then shoot Michael in full shots and like in full light and things he could have still kept him mysterious yes mm. like there are those the sequences in the second half of the film where it's Laurie walking along the street and it very much mirrors yeah, yeah. scenes in the original film and he, he, he tries to do a, a little bit of a mimic of Carpenter's trick of having Michael kind of appear and then not appear he's following her or he's standing behind something but because but whereas it works in Carpenters because he's just stepping behind a hedge, he's he's partly obscured behind uh, some uh, clothes lines, things like that. In this movie, he's a massive sod, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just walking along in plain sight on hmm. road. And but uh, and zombie tries to cut around it like as if to suggest he's appearing and they're not appearing. And like, but what? Mm, yeah. And 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 Laurie would be completely aware that she's, yeah. she's being, being followed. followed. Yeah. And she is. A yeah. weird point, you know, a couple of times... She, she's that guy's got, following me. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That big giant's following and, me. And <laughs> there's this... things like, oh, didn't <laughs> see me!
0: <laughs> the the, um, the movie's commitment to, quote, unquote, a more realistic approach mm-hmm. than the original just leads to all these kind of inconsistencies, like... um yeah. Uh, he can't drive a car in this movie I think that seems to be zombie's zombie statement on realism he he walks 100 miles to Ardenfield somehow Mm. Um, and therefore the scene where he's driving past the girls Mm. and they shout at him and he stops and he's uh, and it's sinister because he's standing there in the street looking at them Mm. Uh, and Mm. then he walks away Mm. A it's less effective Mm. but okay so it might be more realistic in that sense but if you're going to be realistic like that you've also got to be realistic about how does he grow from being Dave Fersh into being this massive wrestler with you know and so I kind of feel like everything zombie does sort of tells against itself yeah even with two steps forward one step
3: back even with the theme you know he tries (laughs) to make it different because if you listen to the new the Halloween theme that he does it's got a metallic beat behind it Um, so like someone hitting Pipes with a pipe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, but again, it, like you said, it, it throws you back to the original because mm. um, you remember that theme from Halloween and, you know, like Dan said, mm. two steps forward, one step back. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one step forward, two steps Yeah. You kind of mentioned, right.
0: but oh, right. it, uh, to be honest, I think it alternates. Um, <laughs> and Dan, you kind of mentioned the, the kind of setting up of the mask. I know that one of mm. zo- Zombie's aims for this movie was to make a more kind of meaningful origin story for the mask because yeah. he wasn't happy that in the original movie he just breaks into a random shop and steals a random yeah. um, his quote was like what if they didn't have any cool scary masks yeah. in what or if he just were... and well uh... but, but they did yeah. well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> was. Yeah. Yeah. You say don't what no, no, it I'll the I, th- <laughs> I think that's missing the point but regardless no. of his reasoning do you think that the, the, the use of the setting up of the mask in
8: this movie I, I think the the way the in regards to trying to keep the realism, I think it is a more I think they go well into the psychological aspects of it. They they talk about psychology, they talk about the psychology of serial killers, they talk about, you know, absence of light and things like that mm. and you know, um, and again it's not it's not the classic loomis that we all we all love the classic loomis, don't get me wrong. Sure. We you know, we're all
1: no, no, it's Michael
8: you know, all that and we're very fond of that but it was nice to see a more accurate depiction of a psychologist a more you know more compassionate depiction yet yeah, not entirely compassionate because you know see so he exploits him makes the book and tries to sell it because it makes him out that he is supernatural within the book um, even the sequel is a massive dickhead oh, is, no, he, is, is he far worse oh is he, oh, is he? well there we go then so it's it's yeah that he goes down that road so we're getting the hints uh, of that but uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that aspect that they they attempted to kind of to make to make it again it takes away from the original the supernatural it does take away it's not as good don't get me wrong but I did I liked that we that Loomis wasn't just like he's evil he's evil he can't be fixed he can't do that Again love that mm-hmm. but also I, I when when they do do remakes and stuff I like right. Show me something new. Yeah. Try, try it from a different angle. Approach it differently. You know, there's been a million Spider-Man reboots, but I like every one because there's elements of it that sure. that I like that are different. Or I go, well, I like that in this film, and I don't like that in that film. However, I like that in that film, and I don't like that in that film. But,
0: I also think you know origins are interesting. Yeah, and there isn't. Just one way into a lot of mythic stories. That's exactly. why there've been a million different tellings of Robin Hood.
8: Exactly, uh, yeah. and I find loads of them. Yeah, King Arthur, you, you name all those kind of yeah. big myths and stuff. But, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the attempt. And again, but again, it is a it is a flawed film. But I, I liked that we got. A more, I mean, there's still, I mean, there's still the psychological, the, the <laughs> asylum is still the worst fucking place in the world with the people that work there, the, yeah. the rapists, um, you know, just, just, the, and the way those guys were depicted was horribly stereotypical as well. About, and it's just, and it's just,
6: oh so, oh, just that, see, that, I mean, that, it's, that was horrible. That just, see just to watch that was horrible. That scene. We talk about it, it's more realistic. I don't think that's realistic. No. Just because people are swearing and shouting and yelling no, at each other. Not no, 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 not, not, not that. No, no I meant, I'm talking about I meant, generally. Yeah. I'm talking about yeah. from generally. Yeah, That's not that depiction of
8: those characters is not realistic. That's no, why no. I'm. That's why I'm saying those. Oh, no. Those hillbilly rapist characters. Rapists wouldn't be like that. They wouldn't. Be, no. Would, they there's wouldn't no be s- There's no psychological. There's no psychological reasoning behind that. Like when a serial killer is depicted, if they're like, <laughs> you know, licking blood off knife, that's that's not real. That's
0: yeah.
6: not how they would do that.
0: I, I, no, no. I, how would I? I no, no. But I think the really kind, easy of, easy the easy kind of film is rich. trying
6: to be. That's what I think. Yeah, he's trying to be. Say this is more realistic. This yeah. Is, this is. But it's not to me. This is yeah. just cinema yeah. realism. Mm-hmm. And this is this is why he becomes a serial killer. But well, you don't become a serial killer like that. You don't kill three no. people in such horrible before many people Mm. that many people in one day in such gruesome ways just
0: again um i think it's this i mean this is like i really sound like i'm defending this i'm not really (laughs) me neither but i just think it's like the structure undermines it he could have told a story set over a long period where a character descended to this level yeah instead he tried to do it in one day and then he decides oh one killing is not enough it has to be several for some reason yeah. and, um, and then later on you do have more scenes with Loomis where he's um, he's talking to him trying to relate to him but I still think the kind of the behaviour of Michael the way it changes over time still doesn't make any sense yeah. he just stops talking Yeah, there's, there's um, and Loomis doesn't seem to know why and there's also that scene where Michael is talking to his mum and acts like he can't remember killing anyone so is it like yeah. so it's funny that. so that's just it's, it's like schizophrenia yeah. but nobody mentions that no. the psychologist never says he seems to be exhibiting signs of multiple personalities yeah. or anything like that or even amnesia you know yeah. there's no kind of actual psychological analysis no, you're right, you're right. no you are right um, but I mean what I was interested in um, yeah. Dan was specifically in the terms mask. of the mask you, you um, said that you thought you know the this you you enjoyed the way this film kind of set up the the mask that he ultimately
8: wears. Yeah, I think I think that it, the fact that he kind of put it away, like he was hiding it away mm-hmm. in a special place. Once he once he did the killings, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he. I mean, he obviously has from the start. He has a a reverence for the mask. He's yeah. wearing a clown mask. He doesn't like to take it off. He doesn't like to like. He's being bullied, so that's probably a way for him to you know mask this shame and the because he says he's ugly I think at one point yeah he's he like, does that's like, the only uh, yeah, bit of explanation he's like I'm one. ugly and, and you know that could be maybe that's because inside and out he feels, he feels ugly well,
0: but again I feel like that was an, yeah. a misdramatic opportunity because they could have revealed that uh, the ugliness he's talking about is his mental Real, ugliness yeah. mm. and he's covering but actually that, that would actually make sense if he uh, did horrible things, killed people whatever yeah. without the masks yes. on and, and then, then put, put got a mask on it, yeah. the rest of the time yeah. um, so yeah, you know possibly. I, I kind of feel like the kind of thing that it's, the still fl- it's still to flawed do, yeah. 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 and uh, it just requires a whole rethinking, I mean I think the thing that disappointed me about the mask thing, mm. the setting for the mask was that from things I've read in interviews with Zombie, I thought he was going to set up a significant reason why yeah. My- Michael liked the particular William Shatner mask. That one particularly, a yeah. that
3: He's a big William Shatner fan. <laughs> but it, well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> but it, it, just, <laughs> it
0: just turns out that for some reason uh, it was a mask that his sister's boyfriend brought along yeah. and wanted yeah. to wear while yeah. they have sex.
8: Now, I, I can understand and, him coming back for it. I, I yeah. don't necessarily understand... Because, you know, he did his final killings with that mask so I think maybe that has a special place no no the the coming back to the original mask makes sense but why he used that that original
0: mask is is what didn't make sense I mean I thought he was setting up that he was going to come in on them having sex and see this guy wearing a mask Mm. and that was going to snap something and he was going to Fixate on that mask
8: again, like yeah. But the, he doesn't. He doesn't yeah. see
0: them having sex. Then. He's just there on the floor. So he like walks in, already intending to kill them. Looks down, sees a mask that he's never seen before in his life. Yeah. Goes, all right, I'll put that on. Yeah. And then, and it's far too
8: big yeah. for him yeah. as well.
0: And it's like, Bleh.
8: well, there's that. There's that bit again. I think going back to that little sexy poster of his mom that the bullies gave him. Yeah. He goes to kind of. He starts kind of very gingerly touching his sister's leg I think yeah that's that's really it he starts about. touching I thought,
3: yeah. what's, what's that what's supposed that about, about? Yeah. I think if so. um, if he wanted to make the story of the mask stronger what if the bully had the mask mm. so it's like he had the clown mask kills the bully and he sees it as a evolution like a trophy yeah as a trophy and then this, this that's is trophy. my new face this is my new this face, is, is my yeah. new face. Yeah. and then that can develop into the whole
8: mask I mean it could, they could have made it like a kind of a kind of a Batman thing where yeah. it's like Bruce Wayne is the disguise and Batman is the true face Maybe they could have done yeah. something like that. Yeah. Again, yeah. Miss, missed opportunities. But for me, it's
6: just making too much of something that's not that important. Mm. In Halloween, he takes a mask so people, it's part of the game, but, I mean, so people don't see his face. That's, 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 I,
0: I that's mean, it. No, I, I agree that it's not that important in Halloween. It doesn't need any more explanation. No. No. But in terms of if you're going to make this movie into something else and make, make it you your own, own. Yeah. then thinking about the psychological. Uh, the psychological motivation behind the masks makes sense. And he's st- what's funny and frustrating is that he started thinking about it and then not thought about it all the way
8: through. He's gestured.
6: You know, I mean, I think that's I'm sorry, the most. I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
8: you know you what they should have? <laughs> they should have had. Uh, they should have I I, even during the original run of the films, not the remake, but they should have had somewhere in the sequels that the masks be made by the Shamrock Company. Yeah. They, well yeah and it maybe has because, some uh, some sort of uh, thing on there well weirdly they sort of are because
0: uh-huh. they, a lot of them are Don Post masks who made the, the masks for Halloween 3 so <laughs> I think uh, it's still making them now and th- they are in the new film really as it, they, they haven't made Michael Myers' masks but there are kids in the film who are wearing silver shamrock masks yes nice that's a good little Easter right yeah um, I think the only detail with the masks that I think is quite nice is the fact that what he spends all his time doing in the asylum is making masks, and he ends up with that room full of masks.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then when he finally escapes, he, the, the mask that he puts on I think is the
8: scariest one in the film. Agreed, agreed. Um, the pumpkin star mask. Yeah, yeah, I love it.
0: Um, but but I, again, I just think it's funny that they set up that he loves his masks and that he gets angry if anyone touches his masks. so that would be all that would be needed to set him off on a rage to escape but instead Zombie stages this whole weird rape scene Yeah, and I I just feel like the whole movie is kind of like half-hearted and not properly I think that's
8: a microcosm of this film like just unnecessary Yeah, yeah Yeah. just that whole
6: sequence and the whole film is unnecessary I just think Rob Zombie has a style like Quentin Tarantino has a style, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very recognisable. Yeah. It's, great. Uh, it's like trailer trash people. I'm going to use that phrase again. They are, and that's his way: handheld cameras and all that, and very gruesome and everything. Fair enough. And if people In like cuts. that, um, oh, yeah. I saw about half an hour The Devil's Rejects. I had to turn that off because I didn't like it because I just thought it was too depressing and too mm. unrelenting and too dark and mm. too vicious and nobody was, ever, was just everybody was mean. The same thing with this. He's got, he, but he's got his cinematic ethos, vision, whatever. Um, yeah. like, but then he's having to apply that to an established story, which doesn't. Yeah. To me, there's a tension between what Rob Zombie does and what Halloween yeah. film. And to me, those things just do not go together.
0: I agree entirely. Mm-hmm. I but for like me, it's...
6: I will say, I will admit, I cannot divorce this film from the first one. I cannot yeah. watch this film in isolation. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I, will it. I will not. Um, it, no. I must not.
0: <sighs> I mean,. I don't think it's easy to do that. The only reason I keep saying that is because I think it's the only way to appreciate this movie in any way. Yeah. Um, because if you compare <laughs> it to the original, so so well, Luke it to the original, did. To Luke did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, well, that's
6: I, I appreciate, and it's interesting to hear that because yeah, I, I. Like I say, I can't. Mm. I think because
3: uh. I, I, I came from that age where it was um, like the the um, like hostels were being made, and mm. it was that it was that horror. I think it was porn, torture porn. Yeah, mm. Gornography Gornography <laughs> was called, you know, and that's, I think M- Mark Kermode coined that. And um, yeah, it was just that culture, and then and that's how they were going with the remakes, especially later on. And you know, for me, at a young age, that was like that was my, you know, that's my Freddy Krueger, that's my, that's my Jason, the, the violence, glorious, gory, it's nudity, and it's like, oh God, and then, when you look at the original, it's like, oh wait, that's how they did it, then, oh, and then you start looking at the quality of horror movies, and you see, you know, the directors who, are not just doing it for money, who are not just doing it for recognition, because it's a well-known brand, but because they have something new to bring with this, and I think, At the time for me, Rob Zombie's take on Halloween was, it was an interesting look at something that I had little knowledge of, from what I saw with Halloween H2O to what was being presented, and even even though I wholeheartedly say, yes, John Carpenter is a classic, and obviously there's the hits, I do respect Rob Zombie for at least trying to bring something new, but it's just the execution and the method and... Like, like we said for
8: characterisation yeah,
3: if it had just been a bit more, more restrained
6: or a lot more restrained yeah. I think it would have been I a lot like there's, there's
8: there's better bits, there's bits where he mentions more violence there's like this, the, the film reporter mentions 16 or 17 stabbings of, of his sister mm. which you don't see mm. so he has restrained <laughs> it well, so, well, somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> uh, but not, nowhere near enough in, in my
0: I opinion mean, as well I'll yeah. have to say I don't know if I watched the theatrical gods or the unrated I, I, I can well, be sure which one I watched Halloween
3: 2 he, he literally goes into overdrive, and there's a scene I'm where he kills Dr. Loomis, like in a shed, like spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, he, he kill Funny enough, he kills him in this one. He does. He, he ba- and he and he does actually something similar to Doctor. Strange. Yeah. He goes make <laughs> <laughs> and he and basically he's crushing, you know, poor M- Malcolm McDowell's head mm. just to get him out of this movie. Yeah, and then next thing you know, he's alive.
0: Oh. Well, he's alive on the ground somehow although you see it looks like he's crushing but his head yeah but then he's he, he's on the ground and he looks so to over be fair head.
8: like every film it looks like Loomis is dead <laughs> yes. to be honest
0: but, yeah. I mean, but, no, but in
3: the Michael's still alive
8: um but um, no but in the in the sequel to this he he
3: but Michael Butchers and I was, I say that word strongly Butchers Loomis to where, like his head's half open he's got cuts everywhere Jesus it's, it's more brutal and then I feel like even though Rob Zombie again tried to continue that whole psychological aspect with uh, Halloween 1 and 2, it, it, again it's just, it's just his style gets in the way of what could be
6: potentially an interesting take of a known property. but then having said all that I mean I kind of it is kind of like a generational thing in the sense that I was a big fan of things, things like Howling mm-hmm. and, and, and Halloween and, things. and I'm sure there were people at the time thinking oh those films are disgusting It's yeah, yeah, yeah. far too yeah, yeah. Much, it's far too much to go on violent. and I love those films mm-hmm. now I'm saying it about films I don't like like Wrong Turn. And, are you
8: are you getting old? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm 27
6: next week
0: be, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I will say just um, partially agreeing with you Luke is that um I think that, yeah, I think you've got to respect that Zombie does have some kind of vision. Mm-hmm. It might not be one that you like, but at least it is one. It has a, it has um, a cult following. He, he, yeah. he is, like I said earlier, you know, he's obviously sincere in his love of horror, and he tries to do what he wants to do. And I do respect that, um, you know, he's kind of advertised his movies as being like a. Retu- I think one of the promotional phrases, I can't remember which film it, it related to, it mm. might have been The Devil's Reject, mm. but it said, it returns horror to. Um, a time when horror was a threat, not a promise, or something like that. Hmm. So it's like horror movies are endurance tests. And that's what he thinks horror movies are. I don't think they should be, but if that's what he thinks they are, and he can't be faulted for trying to do it. In a way, I think maybe the problem is that because he's got people like him, he's, to a certain extent, has respect and power within the industry, he is able to stand there and push his vision, and there's no one going but hang on a minute, have you thought about <laughs> dot, dot, dot? Yeah. Because that's what he needed on this. Yeah, yeah. No restraint. He
8: needed a co-writer.
0: He's yeah, yeah. doing, um,
3: yeah. doing a sequel to Devil's Rejects it's coming out next
8: year. Is he really? Oh dear. Mm. I think Rob Zombie might have been better fit. Like I was saying earlier, uh, uh, saying earlier in the other podcast we did about Resurrection. I think it was in that, or was it in this one? The kind of art house slasher.
0: Are you saying we record these on the same day? What? No, <laughs> we no I didn't slasher. say that. Even six months Sorry, last one.
8: I went into a coma, not unlike Michael, <laughs> uh, for several, several days. Um, I, uh, yeah, like I was saying, he's like a art house slasher. So there's a more of a style to it. It's more stylish. It's more classy of the slasher characters, slasher uh, protagonists, antagonists. Um, I think Rob Zombie would have been better fit for another one of those characters. Maybe a Jason, maybe yeah, a Freddy. because so. yeah. yeah. the, oh, the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, Hills Have Eyes. Things that would lend itself to yeah. extreme violence yes. and extreme brutality of those characters. That would, they would He would have been better fit for them. Yeah. Why Halloween? Yeah,
0: but, I mean, a great quote from Martin Cousins, the film critic, once I remember him saying that you have to be childlike in a way to enjoy Galperton's films. You have to want to be spooked. Mm-hmm. And... If, if that means I'm childlike, then mm. damn straight, yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> oh. uh, and that doesn't really apply to what zombies no. trying to do. You, uh,
8: you know, one thing I did notice is Haddonfield underwent a hell of a bit, you know, one hell of <laughs> gentrification <laughs> oh, from right. from those 15 years. If, oh, right, okay. if the, that's, you know, the white trash, white trash is living there at that point, and then 15 years later it's the kind of Strode family, <laughs> yeah. that's some gentrification that's gone on in Haddonfield. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point actually, because it's—I mean—it's the same street, it's the same area. It's like she walks down the street, and the, the house is there. Although I did, on a purely film technical
0: level, I did find it much more confusing and hard to understand in this movie just where the houses are in relation Mm. to each other you know in the original film it's very claustrophobic because you know that that house is over there from that house and Mm. and you always know where everyone is in this movie the climax kind of moves from house to house and I end up not knowing where the hell I am yeah
8: well again they've shortened that section haven't they so it's not as they don't have as much time to set that up in the direction and
0: they don't have time to set up the characters like Tommy and Lindsay they're in it yeah um uh, the actor playing Tommy, I think, is quite good. Yeah, and, he is, And yeah. he has a great name I, that, that I can't remember, but I urge you all to look up. The, the little, really the, little gu-
8: the little girl who's like, I'm Queen Sheba. <laughs> <laughs> you better respect me. Yeah. <laughs> like I, was like, I was like, that was some good delivery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, bow
0: down before me.
6: That was
0: <laughs> it. I'm <yeah. laughs> Queen
8: Sheba.
6: Bow down before. Yeah. Um, Brilliant.
0: Uh, I think that's possibly all we can say about... Um, Zombies Halloween 2007 except of course that the saga is not over oh two years oh. later there was a sequel Yay. because this movie <laughs> did make 60 million at the wow, US box office four times its budget um, so yeah so the came were gonna, a sequel and unlike every sequel in the original franchise this was an altered sequel with the original writer and director coming back to continue what he started in exactly the way he wanted so um, and well, I, have, would say. I have not seen Halloween 2 seen Halloween in two. nine years but and actually I, I'll i give you a preview of my reaction to it obviously I intend to watch it again before we can talk about our podcast mm-hmm. um, uh, but actually I saw Halloween 2, Howard, on the same day that I met you for the first time ever. It was We'd Not both only. just... You know, <laughs> which, which was the more terrifying... <laughs> did, <you, laughs> did, did you bond on it? <laughs> 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 I hate that movie. So did I? No, we didn't see it together. Um, yeah, we'd both just enrolled in a comedy improv workshop in Manchester, so that's where we met, and afterwards I, I, I went off on my own to watch Halloween 2 on the basis that... I didn't want to see Halloween, the remake, but Halloween 2... They could pro- they couldn't make that movie any worse? Probably not. I know that I'm not not to knock up the original Halloween <laughs> 2, but I just thought is that we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> the same. But anyway,
3: it's time, so, Michael.
0: So I went in there, and when I came out of the cinema, I think I saw it more or less. I was almost the only person in the cinema, it's very few people. And when I came out, I was more angry than I've ever been at wow. a movie. <laughs> and I texted my friend Ross, and I thought. Uh, as I remember the text said something like I have just seen Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and I believe that his mission in life is to drive his audience insane <laughs> this can be the only explanation for the fact that I now have a great desire to beat Rob Zombie to death in front of his wife <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ross texted me back and said well we found your tipping point <laughs> um, uh. So, those are my feelings about that movie years ago, uh, but I I would like, now that we've watched the original movie and tried to look into the context a bit, I I would like to watch it again and talk to you guys about what it's like. Um, Howard, I do you've seen it. I haven't seen it, no. I have not seen it. You've never seen it? I have seen it.
3: Okay, so (laughs) we'll we'll
0: come back to that, Um, and we'll also be very soon watching the, the new Halloween, hopefully, mm-hmm. which is not too far away from release right now as we speak. And what's a new Halloween film called? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, gosh. I it's you know, going to be a confusing title. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, no. so, I think it's similar, but. They yeah. wouldn't do, do that to yeah, us. They wouldn't um,
4: got
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think they've got numbers.
0: Yeah, they
6: always do, don't they? Um, <laughs> Halloween minus one. <laughs> one of the sequels to Final Destination is called The Final Destination <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> that's brilliant
0: that's ingenious the new Rocky for, uh, sorry the new Rambo film is going to be called Last Blood that's
6: clever that's, yeah, that's clever well, that's, yeah but at least it's called something other than yeah. I think
8: technically the next Friday the 13th movie is the 13th movie so I think they should call it the 13th Friday <laughs> <laughs> see that's the kind of wit I want so, have there, have there <laughs> been 12 Friday the 13th times? yes well like, including a remake Oh, the
0: remakes, indeed. So, hopefully, I would love to reconvene with you guys soon, and Mm -hmm. we can can tackle Halloween too, and I hope that the listeners will stay with us for that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, uh, Luke. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Dan. Mm -hmm. And, as always, thank you very much, Howard.
6: Thank you. Nice
0: to be here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Bag of Death with me, Dan. And joining me, as always, is... Howard Hello, hello everybody. Hello, hello, Howard. How delightful that you're here once again. And it, yeah. The Bag of Death um, has, uh, or contains, rather, um, more or less every English-language horror film that Howard and I have both seen each week oh. or each episode. we will uh, rummage in it and produce something at random without knowing what it is or whether we've seen it recently, and just see whether it's (laughs) worth talking about.
6: I'm very old now, so there's things I've seen a long time ago, so the old old memory's starting to go, you know, so...
0: Me too, sir, me too. But let's have a see. It's always exciting, this moment. So I'm going to rummage in the bag now, giving it a good rummage. hope the listeners can hear that. And I have a film. It is... Oh my God! Howard, it's Wrong Turn.
6: Wrong Turn?
0: Yeah. Oh,
6: my God.
0: (laughs) You're happy to talk about that. I know it's it's led to a particularly um, pleasurable period of your life, I think. Well... I think you have a lingering affection for this film, or do I mean the exact opposite?
6: Well, um, Wrong Turn itself is... It's okay. I mean, it is what, it, uh, if we're talking about Wrong Turn, I believe that Wrong Turn 5 is the worst film ever made. <laughs> right. I've ever seen. Uh, and I don't think Wrong Turn 4, 3 or 2 are all that terrific. Well, Wrong Turn 2 is alright, but all the others are just pretty, <laughs> 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 I just find them dismal and stupid and ridiculous. The first Wrong Turn is okay because it's, you know, it's, not, it's, it's the first one. Yeah. So it's original, so you don't really know what's going to happen. And it isn't quite as, I mean, it's pretty gruesome, but it's not as gruesome as, It became later on. It's fairly
0: disgusting, really. So, I mean, um, I I only watched Wrong Turn fairly recently. So, Wrong Turn, for listeners who don't know, was released in 2003. And it's basically um, uh, a cannibalistic survival horror film about some travellers who who get kind of lost in the woods in, in America and get preyed on by... Kind of cannibalistic in inbred mutant type folks, um, in a kind of hills have eyes sort of styley. Um, I can't remember what the rationale is for where or or where they come from or who they are, the monsters in it. But I I, I do remember that I think the rationale for the movie being made was that um, the the company of um, the makeup artist and designer stan winston wanted to demonstrate that they could do this kind these kind of makeup effects so they yeah. actually put quite a lot of the money into it um and uh when i say this kind of makeup effects i mean the, the kind of i assume that they're talking about the the kind of subhuman makeup effects that make the uh, the monsters look kind of like people but a bit less than people it's strange because it's not a movie where you immediately go oh yeah the makeup effects were, were where it's at you know it's not like Hellraiser or the thing or something where the the, the kind of the, the practical effects kind of define the film um, uh, I also remember that it's got Eliza Dushku in it who had just come off the back of starring or co-starring in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a few years. Um, oh, no. I can't remember the name of the lead male actor. I think no, it might be Jonathan I, this is something. this
7: called Jeremy Sisto. Oh, like that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Jeremy Sisto, sorry. Um, and it's written by Alan B. McElroy, who we talked about on the Halloween 4 uh, retrospective podcast because he wrote that film um, and, and therefore created what became the Wrong Turn franchise and I think now stands at Seven or eight films, and I think that there there is a reboot on the way or a remake of the original. Um, Thanks. but no, I did quite enjoy the original film. Um, it's it's funny, I, I can't think of too much to say about no, I it. I mean,
6: I don't, I, I, um, yeah, I remember watching it a few years ago. It's like it, it came out at the same time as Saw and that, and that, yeah, this came a new wave of more gruesome sort of explicit kind of films or lots of being ripped to pieces the problem with these sort of films maybe not such in the first one but in the others in the sequels is that you don't really care about the characters too much and you're not supposed to care about them because you're going to see them ripped to pieces if, if you found them too engaging or too likable it would be too unpleasant to see them being so horribly murdered mm. so the the lead characters have to be kind of fairly not, not very likable, you know, sort of, uh, kind of, rather, sort of unpleasant. Well, not unpleasant, but sort of not, not, not very sympathetic people. So you, you don't mind seeing them. But that's how I find. I, mean, I just find the characters not very engaging because they're not supposed to be.
0: Well, they're I, just, I, I think be. you might be right in, in terms of later Wrong Turn films and uh, and and you know the Saw or hostile type franchises in terms of wrong turn 1 i don't think the characters were hugely unlikable i think they were just bland and and it also it isn't it isn't as violent you know it, it is more a suspense film really I, I remember lots of set pieces being about uh you know the the um, sympathetic characters hiding from or trying to get away from the the cannibals and, yeah, there'd be violent bits at the end of the sequence where the cannibals caught someone or something. But, you know, it's, it's not a torture porn-type movie, really, although he's pointing no, 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 in that
6: direction. I, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed the first one. I thought it was quite well done.
0: Mm. Um,
6: and if it had only been the first one, it would have been all right. But then there's this whole slew... Well, actually, the second one, although it is very gruesome, I actually quite like, simply because the bad guys at the end die. My other problem with these sort of films is is you know that the good guys are not going to survive; they're not going to win. That the, the mutants, whatever they are, they're going to kill everybody at the end, and, and it's a, so, so you don't feel any sort of uh, feel anything because you just know that how it's all going to turn out at the end. There's no tensions for me. In, in again, not, I'm not talking about the first one. I'm talking about maybe the later ones. There's no tension because you know what's going to happen. You know who's going to all the all the goodies are going to get killed and all the, the bad guys are going to go off into the sunset at the end and sort of um yeah you know, yeah I'm, I'm, i mean i'm it's, it's a while since i've seen the first one so my memories of the of the later ones my nightmares about
0: <laughs> they've obviously overwhelmed your <laughs> consciousness of, yeah, of, yeah. of the original i think, I think that's I think fair enough the first,
6: one, first one was okay the first one i quite enjoyed
0: yeah it, it's nice enough um nice is a completely inappropriate word. <laughs> um, but it's um yeah, you know, it's it keeps your attention, it's pacey, it's well enough acted, well enough done, and I think you do care about the characters. And it's not too predictable. I can actually can't really remember what happens at the end.
6: No, I can't. I think they all get you think all the mutants the have been killed and then they all get up again or something. I think I, that's, that's... I, I, I can't remember whether... I think some of them survived. I think some of the goodies survived only Get Away. I think I so.
0: I think, yeah. Um,
6: get off in a truck or something.
0: And and as a, as a vehicle for Eliza Dushku, who was quite a, a strong presence and, you know, later went on to star in Joss Whedon's TV series, which I've never seen, um, Dollhouse. You know, I, I thought I enjoyed it on that level. Um, she could have done more stuff like that. And maybe she has now. I don't know.
6: Um, yeah, I'm not. I, I know the name. I, I'm not too familiar with her. Yeah, she
0: she, she <laughs> played uh, she played Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter in True Lies, right. and then from that got the role of the other Slayer in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not Buffy, but the, the kind of second Slayer who's more morally murky. Uh, I didn't Faith. watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You you didn't. I
6: didn't really, I, I just saw the episode, but yeah. I,
0: don't, I didn't really. Well, she's great in that. She wasn't um, a regular character. She'd turn up from time to time and, and generally kind of, uh, you know, steal the show. Uh, you know, lots of people were huge fans of Faith. Um, so she was clearly someone who deserved her own vehicle which she did later get when she got Dollhouse, and she did another TV series called True Calling, which I don't know anything about. But since then, she's kind of disappeared, and I'm, I'm worried for her that she might have actually retreated to the straight-to-DVD or straight-to-streaming realm of uh, kind of more wrong-term type movies. But basically, she's a good heroine for this kind of film you know she's um she's she's pretty enough to go on the poster but also can handle herself well enough and is a good enough actor to believably kind of fight back against this kind of threat she's a she's a classic final girl in a slasher movie scenario really um so yeah and she's she's good in it and and she looks like she believes it um and she, but but it is almost almost that kind of um, situation where he, it's pretty clear uh, who the lead characters are, and therefore who's yeah. probably going to survive. Yes, um, yeah Maybe maybe in a way she's a bit too strong in that sense. Maybe the script is a bit too predictable. You can tell that the <laughs> the other characters are all a bit too hapless. one of the, the interesting things about
6: uh, Wrong Turn Two and why I like it, even though it's it is quite gruesome is that the girl you think is going to be the final girl isn't she okay. gets killed right. and the girl ends up being the final girl it's this is kind of stroppy one they think oh well she's going, she's going to get killed and, and actually she you know sort of like um is the heroine at the end and becomes very brave and very sort of everything and and i thought well, that's an interesting thing that the, the capable sort of likeable girl who you think is going to be the the sole survivor at the end is 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 killed off fairly early on and You know, they've they've taken a much less sympathetic character uh, and made her the the heroine at the end. That's a kind of like because it's right. You do know who's who the leads are and who the (laughs) the hopeless ones are going to get. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, All the kind of jerks and jocks and babes and kind of you know. (laughs) Well,
0: you're delving into these kind of regularly used stereotypes. In slasher movies, um, aren't you? When, when you look at this kind of thing, and it's nice when they're able to subvert some of that stuff in a way that doesn't feel overly manipulative or overly telegraphed. Um, that's the craft of it, really. And yeah. I think most of the, I mean, as I've said on this show before, you know, I guess I'm I'm nominally a a fan of slasher movies because I have seen. All the Halloween films and a few of the others, and I do love Halloween. But there, but I was thinking today, compared to if you compare the number of films I've seen to the size of the genre, then yeah. it's probably one of the least, the one of the genres I have least experience of. Um, I, there are so many. I I tend to think that the the interesting ones are probably the ones that have scripts which can pull off those kind of reversals that you're talking about. But I actually don't know, because I haven't seen enough of them.
6: I've seen relatively few slasher films, actually, when I think about it, because there are so many of them. I've seen them. uh, Halloween, I've seen a thing called House on Sorority Row and one or two others. But I've seen actually very few of them. When you look in the reference books, there's so many of them, and and some are pretty obscure. Uh, And I've seen, and I think it doesn't bother me, because I think they're all more or less the same. um, Yeah, we think, think...
0: I mean, maybe I I should look a bit more into it and kind of investigate some of... I'm sure there are interesting ones that I've not um, looked at. And uh, something good to listen to, which I'm looking forward to listening to, I haven't done yet as of this recording, is that our friend Spider-Dan and his uh, frequent co-host Dennis Whittle have just released an episode of their podcast, which is a kind of survey of the slasher genre. So I've not heard that yet, but I'd, I'd be quite interested to see what they uh, know and think. Because when we did the Halloween episodes with Dan, he did know a number of films that, that you and I didn't. And could talk, in a way, more knowledgeably than us. I suppose because of the crossover between the kind of slasher film and the kind of midnight movie, cult movie thing, which is, is kind of his his bag. Um so yeah, so I'd look forward to that, and I'll put a link in this episode's uh, show notes for that as well. But so that was a, a, um, a sudden left turn into wrong turn. We we weren't expecting that, but that's the delight of the bag of death. It's, so, good,
6: no, it's good. It's good. It's watchable. Yeah, it's worth watching. So yeah, 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 I think so. so. Um, but wrong turn five isn't wrong turn five. Should be buried somewhere. Every copy of it should be burned and buried. Absolutely down. Oh, and buried again
0: (laughs) (laughs) and recycled as fire lighters Um,
6: it it should be destroyed and everybody should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves who was involved (laughs) fair
0: fair enough i will never get tired of hearing you say things like that howard well thank you so much that's been another bag of death god bless you sir see you next time
6: yes i'll see you thanks howard keep taking the tablets
0: Hello everybody, back to 2021 now, and here's me, Dan, hello, and Stella. Hello, back. And we've just heard uh, the past tense version of myself and Howard talking about uh, the 2003 film Wrong Turn, which I didn't realise when we recorded that just a few weeks ago has been remade and the remake is out now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I saw a review on Variety which didn't uh, didn't exactly enthuse about it. But it is still written by the original writer, uh, Alan McElroy. Oh. Um, but apparently it's very different. If it's
1: out, if it's out, where's it available to watch?
0: I feel like I Cause... should know that, shouldn't I? Because um, <laughs> otherwise it's a, not worth saying it. Let me just find out.
1: So I have seen the other wrong turn. I know I have. I think I've only watched it once a long time ago yeah I, i'm sure i liked it
0: it's blood soaked isn't it it is and there you know as howard will will tell you there are five even more blood soaked sequels that's what we need <laughs> yeah and uh, and the original one um in a lucky piece of timing has just appeared on amazon prime if you're a subscriber mm. so
1: i've got it on dvd go
0: check that one out i quite enjoyed it as uh, but as yeah. the listener will have heard So the remake of Wrong Turn isn't out quite yet. Um, It hits digital platforms and Blu-ray and DVD on the 23rd of February. That's this month. Um,
1: I'll have a go at that, I reckon.
0: I might just do that myself. It'd be interesting. Mm. Um, Because that apparently is a very different take on the idea. Um, But it's a very different take which comes from the original creator. So... Right. You know, so... Interesting. Maybe he's taking an opportunity that he felt that he didn't have last time. So, there we go. Ah, well. So, um, although that kind of was a recommendation, recommendations (laughs) for this month, Stella. Hey! (laughs) What have you got?
1: What have I got? I've got... um, uh, The film actually was old-ish now. It was 2018, um, but... Dan, I think you'll probably remember it was trailed at a Grimfest that we were at, Overlord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Essentially, the the Nazi zombies one. Yeah, yeah, it looked a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So I watched it on, um, what night did we watch it? Saturday? Sunday? We watched it one day this weekend. And Owen watched it with me. And, you know, he doesn't really like horror, but he watched it and he really enjoyed it. So it's uh, a bunch of American soldiers drop behind enemy lines the day before D-Day and they discover some um, terrible Nazi experiments. And it's directed by Julius Avery and written by Billy Ray and Mark L. Smith. And it's on Netflix. And it was really, really enjoyable. It was lots of fun. It had some good gags. Um, it's got some quite well done Um sort of body horror sequences so it's it's pretty brutal at times but yeah it was I think that's the best way to describe it it was it was a lot of fun really good film and i'm glad i eventually got around to watching it and then i could persuade her in to watch it as well but yeah it was a good one a really really good one
0: fantastic i'd quite like to see that i do like the mixture of wartime horror i think
1: if yeah definitely it put me in mind a little bit of um iron sky oh yeah yeah, that with the Nazis on the dark side of yes. the moon, isn't it? I've never seen it, but I know of <laughs> Obviously. it. Obviously, yeah. yeah. But it's that similar level of uh, ridiculousness, but um, yeah, Overlord's a lot more, a lot more gory, a lot more brutal, and yeah, like I said, with the the odd sort of body horror sequence in it. So I, yeah, check it out. I think anything
0: that kind of mixes up Nazi zombies is kind of. It, it's a good combination, but it's obviously kitsch, but um, yeah, and 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 it can go too far and quite easy, I imagine. But mm. um, I do, gen, although I've never watched Iron Sky because I think that one looks a bit maybe too camp, um, I do <laughs> quite like the idea, and it does proceed in the fact that you know, um, I, I think the danger of these kind of movies is that. You you feel like you're trivialising the seriousness of Mm. history. But at the same time, the vast majority of, you know, normal war movies have already done that. The amount of war movies that just make it into a big adventure and a big spectacle um, with Mm. cartoonish villains is Mm. countless. So, um, you know... I like the, the ones that, that kind of mix in a bit of additional imagination to that. And
1: uh, Yeah. Oh, nice one. Right. Yeah, recommended.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm sure plenty of people listening to this will have Netflix and, and watch it. I stuck to my yeah. New Year's resolution, so I don't have it anymore. But um, And they're emailing me, <laughs> desperate for me to rejoin. Daniel, look <laughs> at what we have you. for you. But um, I'm not giving in just yet. Um,
1: <laughs> I give it. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: sounds like a pretty good guess actually we'll see we'll see if i make it on um see how
1: long this lockdown goes on for then you might change your mind yeah
0: yeah true um <laughs> speaking of um kind of subscriber services online uh my recommendation is from audible.com which is of course part of amazon who do not sponsor us at all um <laughs> If you're a member of um Audible you get access to uh free podcasts that they produce. If you're not a member, you can still go to the site and and, and pay for the download, I think. If you just wanna download mm. the one thing. Um and they've they I saw this podcast being advertised on the horror channel and um they, they've like filmed a trailer for it. Um Right.
1: Filmed a trailer for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, Why haven't we got one of those?
0: (laughs) It could happen. (laughs) 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 Do some some, um, tangerine-style iPhone filming, Stella. Send me the footage and I'll cut it all together. But, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, uh, anyway, (coughs) uh, it caught my attention because uh, it's clearly got, visually I recognise that it's got Pearl Mackie in it, who used to be in Doctor And she's not done Mm a lot since, but she's cool. Um, And it's called Sour Hall. It's written and directed by, um, let me just make sure I get her name right, Uh, Laura Cohen Ashman. And it's about a lesbian couple played by Pearl Mackey and Lucy Fallon, who uh, Lucy Fallon's... Uh, character has grown up on a farm in Yorkshire and they both decide to move back to it and try and um, renovate it and turn it into a working farm again it's run down since she's been moved moved away and her parents have died Um, and the obviously the farm seems to have some kind of uh, dark presence within it I've only listened to one episode so far so it is a qualified recommendation because um, mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going. But it's atmospheric, and the performances are good. And, um, and you know, it, it, there's something about the combination of kind of hip-sounding, kind of very urban lead characters in a fairly realistic version of, um, you know, rural Yorkshire that mm. is quite fresh. And, um, you know, there's, I, I often feel like there isn't enough Yorkshire set to horror. somehow (laughs) and um, And it's
1: a horrifying place (laughs) (laughs) it it just strikes me as you know it can
0: be it can be nice but um, you know (laughs) we've we've got so many episodes of Last of the Summer Wine I think we 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 (laughs) want an equivalent amount of horror films set there and American Wealth in London doesn't count because A it's only in Yorkshire for the first 15 minutes and B they didn't even film it in Yorkshire it's down south somewhere (laughs) stick to it road lads uh so <laughs> I hate it. But anyway, so yeah, um Sarah Hall, I'll put a link into that. Um cool. oh and I should mention although it's it is written and directed uh by Laura Cohen Ashman, it's based on a short story by Naomi Booth and it revolves around something which I don't think is referenced enough in horror, um, or a word that doesn't get used enough in horror. A good old kind of British word, boggart There's a boggart in the um, farm, I think.
1: A boggart isn't that a thing that comes out of a wardrobe in Harry Potter? Uh,
0: well, yeah, it's some kind of spirit creature. I, it it's mm. from folklore. It's not um, it's yeah. not just Harry Potter thing. And um, you know, there's a place in uh, I think it's Blakely called Bogget's Hole Clough.
1: Bogget Hole. Yeah. yeah. So. I remember we were driving past it at speed once in the dark, and Owen uh, I mean, is quite dyslexic. <laughs> he saw the sign for Boggart Hole, and he yelled, Oh, look! Bugle Hill! <laughs> <laughs> nice!
0: <laughs> Bugle Hill sounds friendly. Uh,
1: doesn't it? And we've driven past it a few times, because I think we've gone to a, like a camping barn up there regularly. Or in and around that area. And every time I go past the sign, I'm like, (laughs) "You say, shut up. (laughs) Right. Google Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: bless him. (laughs) Uh, It's not what it says. It's a short story that they've expanded to, I think, six episodes or or maybe eight. So and they're 25 minutes long each. So it's excellent kind of.
1: Oh, it's a good length.
0: Pre-bedtime listening. So that's what I'm doing. Um so that's my recommendation. I'll let you know. I'll come back next week and let you know how I found the end of it and whether I want to take back the recommendation or not because you know <laughs> a good
1: <laughs> like I did with them blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch this. Oh no, don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've I've fallen into that trap, haven't I? So you better not let me down to a hole. But you know they, they are both things where the title is the name of a building. So there's an uncomfortable parallel Uh-oh. going on here. <laughs> so, well, uh, that's our stuff for this week, folks. Um, yeah. We're going to be back next week. We, I think we know, know what we're going to do, but you never know what might happen to change plans. <laughs> so I'm not going to say it right now. Um, you can just enjoy the surprise, all right? <laughs> thank you so much, Stella, for keeping us company. Thanks, Dan. And uh, thank you, listeners, for listening and see you next time
2: bye bye you have been listening to and now the podcast starts produced and released by ambidextrous solutions limited presented by stella Gaynor, td velasquez and howard whitock with special guests luke richards and spider dance special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music, and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com, for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at And now Pod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at AndNowPodcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash AndNowPodcast. And now the podcast stops.